All right, we are running. We have got numbers. Uh, yeah, so Cleveland Moto Podcast. Uh, tonight, Phil Waters to my left. Chris Smith. Oh, look at those not look at that level. Oh, it's <laughs> yes, amazing. Yes, yes. All right, and Oscar Nadal. And Steve Hoffert. And John McElfresh. Perfect. Look at that. Lovely. Um, <laughs> if things sound a little weird, it's because uh, Oscar or so Dustin couldn't make it tonight. We're gonna use the iPhone for the recording. The uh, come, you know, some neat stuff. We uh, we're zero dealer. You guys know that. Uh, oh, there's pickles on the table. Famous Dave's signature spicy pickle chips. They are a combination of heat and sweet, mm-hmm. and they are tasty. pickle rick. And if you eat, and if you eat ten of them, what happens? Uh, no, if you eat a pound of them, it blows your asshole out. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely. You blow an ass gasket. I, I, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know what? I was trying to figure out. I was, I was like, man, I'm having a problem. I bought a I bought a jar of these, and I mean they're they're a half gallon jar. And so I bought a jar a couple of days ago, and I was at Costco, and I was like, these are really diabolically delicious. And then next thing I know, I had eaten half the jar. So, in one sitting? In one sitting. A guy at work was asking me about it. He's like, I think I'm shitting blood. <laughs> and I diagnosed him in like two seconds. I'm like, did you have beets? And he's like, yep. And then uh, <laughs> I assure you, you're not shitting blood. Yeah. And everyone else has had that same fear. Right. <laughs> Why am I peeing purple? He's like, oh, my God, I was so fucking scared. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that you actually look at a stool and just kind of like, oh, yeah, that's not blood. That's not blood. You're cool. Oh, you got it. It's like, <laughs> no. Mm, that's, oh, beets. that's beets. That's beets. Oh, yeah. oh it's borscht. Yeah, you had, you had some borscht. That doesn't taste at all like blood. An abortion. <laughs> the, uh, so, you know, you guys know we're zero dealers. We've been zero dealers for a while now. And uh, okay. the uh, it does does do a little timeout thing, so it's probably all right. We'll check it out, and make sure she's cool. Yeah, she's still chooching. Okay. Uh, yeah, she's closed. Timeout. So um, we're zero dealers, and we've been carrying them for a while now. And uh, one of the biggest things about zero that people were concerned about was the the charging time. You know, people are like, oh, it takes forever to charge. So zero's gone to a lot of effort to improve that. And one of the most popular accessories. That people were putting on their bikes was called charge tank, and Zero's gone to the point now where you can actually order the bikes from the manufacturer with the charge tank already installed. So, we are, what? Oh, it looks like the level's too low. Oh, I know. Uh, let's I mean, see. You're, you're, yeah, I think we're cool. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. The, uh, but, the bikes were are coming in with a charge tank installed. This is all for level two charging. So level two charging, for lack of a better term, is charging at 220 volts at somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 amps. You know, you get a hot level 2 charger, it may be charging as high as 40 amps. In any case, that's a hell of a lot better than the 11 amps that you're getting out of your wall socket at yeah. 120 volts. And the battery's okay with that, though. The battery's right? actually wonderful. Okay. So, making... um, it will charge up to, I think, 300 volts is their terminal velocity. So from 120 for to 300, 300, I think, yeah. That's yeah, it. exactly. So the real problem has always been the idea of getting a level 2 charger for your home has always been cost prohibitive. So guys that own a Nissan Leaf or guys that own another type of electric car, you'd say, well, I want to have this thing charging. Well, if you're charging on a 120-volt power cord, your normal plug outlet, your Nissan Leaf is going to take two or three or four days to charge up. And the solution for that was either to plug it into a commercially available level 2 charger or to get $1,000 worth of work done at your house and have a level 2 charger installed in your home. So I've been doing some shopping, and in the past uh, six months or a year, level two charging has really come down in price. And this rig that we're going to talk about today is only 240 bucks. 
240 bucks? $240. Wow. Right. And you can order it in any number of different configurations. And basically what I'm holding up is... A dryer cord. A dryer cord. Yep. So if any of you own an electric dryer, you've seen this before. So in layman's terms, this is instead of charging on 110, we're charging 220. We're charging at 220. Yeah. Exactly. And on this particular device, we can charge up to 30 amps on this device. So um, as long as you have either a dryer cord in your garage or you have an electrician come to your house and install a dryer cord in your garage, you can plug this in. Mm. Now, that's for this particular type of cord. You can also order this device in with any of the common cords that are used for welders, mm -hmm. mm. um, any 220 line. And there are, in the American Electrical Code, there are probably four different types of plugs that can be found that will give you 220 uh, volts at over 20 amps of service. I guarantee if you take that to Home Depot or Lowe's and go to the electric, you'll get a box. You can find a box that yeah. works and you right. just have to wire it up. Yep. And I actually find out where, go in your basement where your dryer is, drill yep. a hole and just put an outlet on the outside and Bingo. Like that, poke it know? up. Yep. You can't make life any easier than that. Yeah. You know, an easy installation for the home gamer is the ultimate goal for all people, right? Yep. And that's what this is. So with this device, and as literally what it is, is there's a box there that's smaller than a carton of cigarettes. There's a 20-foot cable that has the level 2 charger uh, plug installed on the end of it. And, of course, the other end right here just plugs into the wall. What's really neat about this is um, this company's called EV Miles. Um, there ain't but three lights on here, and there's no buttons. So it's impossible for the owner to fuck this up. <laughs> I mean, we joke, it is kind of unfuckwithable. It Can gives you... Go ahead. Can you mount it? It has a screw. It has a, you know, literally, it has a screw where you could put a drywall screw into your wall and hang Just this thing up. It, yeah. But what I think is really interesting about this is uh, this particular one, its nominal current is 16 amps. So it's going to be 50% hotter than the best possible 120. And this is where it, it, it's fun because normally plugged into your normal wall, you're looking at 115 volts, you know, give or take, mm. at up to 10 or 11 amps. Well, with this, you're looking at 220 volts at up to, uh, well, nominal, 16 amps. Well, holy shit, you are going to charge that bike a hell of a lot faster with yeah. this device. Like right. 240% more. 240% faster. Yeah. Exactly. And for something that only costs 240 bucks. At work, they have like 10 parking spaces. Uh-huh. And I believe those 10 parking spaces, which are never used, mm -hmm. all have a post sitting there with wow. a level 2, which uh, it looks like, now that I see this, that, little nozzle that is hanging on the post. Yes. So it's meant that if you had, if you have an EV, so wait a you second. could bike. pull up. And Hold you could, on. I, where you work. Yes, I believe so. And where is this? City of Cleveland. The City of Cleveland. Yeah. So... The city of Cleveland. I believe has spent, at one point they were ready. They were probably going to do electric vehicles or something. And they like spent that. a lot of money to yeah. provide you with level two charging. I believe that. Yeah. So all I'm going to have to look all, at that. All you need now is a zero. Right. Yeah, there you oh, go. Well, there's yeah. ten yeah. parking spaces. Yeah. So there's ten of these things <clears throat> set up that the city already paid for, and there's no metering device on there that you'll have to pay for. It. Yeah. So it's and free I don't know power. If they were set up for to accommodate electric city vehicles that were you know maybe the pilot plan that got scrubbed or something. Sustainable. But I'm going to go check those Cleveland. out when I get there and see what they are, if they're actually level two chargers. Sustainable, sustainability Cleveland wants to have zero emissions by, like, 2050. And so maybe they're, that's part of their... Yeah, but these but, are not brand new. They didn't just put these water, in. So. Right. Well, I, that's true. I mean, it's not going to happen. But the interesting... In Cleveland. Well, you the interesting thing to a guy that lives here, I'm shocked. I mean, I have looked at uh, the PlugShare app, 
I've looked at oh. where there's level two chargers available for my potential customers and for me myself when I ride my Zero, mm -hmm. and um, it does not list your place of employment <laughs> as being ten public. level two chargers. Or yeah. public. I don't think it would be open to the public. I mean, right. And the know. point is, how many locked gates do I have to go through to get there? Yeah, if you know the right guy. Well, this is, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> but so there's been a problem, and people have a right to say this, and that is like, well, I could buy an electric motorcycle. They're not cost prohibitive. You know, eight grand over here for a, you know, one with a. Well, it would be interesting what would happen if I rode a zero there and pulled it into one of those spots and plugged it in and went to work. Right. How long would it take before somebody's like, hey, is that your bike out there? You're not supposed to. Somebody would quibble. I would love to see it. I would, you know, I'll, I'll loan you the bike. Go are take those other spots in. always empty? They're empty. Yeah, they're empty. Because they're, they have the chargers in there? They're obviously, they're, these spots are obviously for electric vehicles. They have a post. They have a corded thing. And let me guess, they're closer to the door than any of the other vehicles. <laughs> yeah, honestly, there's three yeah. spots yeah. <laughs> that were delineated. And, you know, and get, there's no electric vehicles. Get a gas car and put a I've plug on it. <laughs> The only other thing I can think of is like maybe they were supposed to pull the trucks in and you can plug in and charge them overnight or something, but I've never seen this. I'm going to now that I've seen this, mm -hmm. I've got to go and check and see what they look like. If Next time I'm walking right. by them, I'm going to pull one off and snoop around a little bit and see if that's in fact what they are. The Walmart by my house has four charging stations out front, yeah. and they are absolutely the prime parking spots right in front, but they're paid, they're paid to charge. So they're, you know, like a buck or whatever. Swipe a card. Swipe a card, whatever. But they're paid to charge. And, but these are the fucking sweet spot parking spots. <laughs> now, Walmart by my house has got somewhere just shy of 40 handicap spots. So if you're an able-bodied person, you ain't going to be any closer to that door than 300 feet because there's 40 handicap spots and four electric vehicle spots, of which I have never seen an electric vehicle other than my Zero plugged in there. And I will admit, there are, there are things that I buy at Walmart. I buy oil filters at Walmart, because if, if you do your research on the Walmart oil filters, you'll be surprised about the super tech oil filters are all... Are they wicks? They're wicks. <laughs> they're all pretty much the best oil filter money can buy. And if I buy them through my distributor, they're like five or six bucks a piece. If I buy them at Walmart, they're $3. Three. Right. And also, uh, Rotella oil is super crazy cheap at Walmart. Cheaper than I can buy it through my distributor. Mm. So... That's Walmart reaching out to the people to give a general lower thing. Fuck so I, Walmart. Fuck Walmart. Well, this is the point. Fuck Walmart, <laughs> except for when, except no, for when no. it benefits no, no, me. No, no, no. Right. Fuck Walmart. <laughs> I'm not saying no. Pretty soon they're going to take over the healthcare industry. Well, they might. Fuck Walmart. Fuck Walmart. <laughs> so I pull up. You're to, all going to die. I pull up in front of Walmart in my in my Nissan. Pop. You're all going to die eventually. Come on. Right. So, We're dying right now. Are you living? That's the question. Would you like an actual... Oh, good no, job. Well done. That. that was a rocket ship. <laughs> We're drinking Great Lakes Brewing Company. I'm drinking Christmas Ale, and you're drinking the Dortmunder Gold, so... We're drinking like we have money. The, uh... <laughs> We're drinking beer like we have money. The, uh... Shout out to Southern Tier. Southern Tier? Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. If, if nobody knew better and they came in here, they'd think we were an uppity fucking bunch of fucking... Beer, beer drinkers. Yeah, beer snob. The, uh... Okay, beer snobs. Citrusy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I pull up in front, and I was like, you know what? There's four parking spaces in front of Walmart that nobody ever uses. So which one has the better parking spot, the handicap or the extra? The electric. Oh, by far. Sweet. The handicap spots are on the other side of the electric spots. They got a limp past the. They electric. have to limp past the electric. <laughs> so when I charge your wheelchairs. Well, <laughs> <on the way. laughs> I know that's probably what happened. So I pulled my Nissan Pow in, 
to the electric charging spot. I opened the hood on my Nissan Pow, just and I grabbed the cord from the electric and threw it under the hood of the <laughs> Nissan Pow and shut the hood. <laughs> and I went no, in and got nobody all my would shit. know. Yeah, and I'm like, who's, who's gonna, gonna know? Who's gonna fucking know? <laughs> <laughs> it's a goddamn Nissan Pow. They have no idea what it runs on. Look at that cool little electric, little, little cute, little adorable little electric car. car. Yeah, it's a Nissan '92 Nissan Pow with the it's EV option. Some asshole. Yeah. The greenies are throwing rose petals on your car. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I fucked two, fuck two hippie chicks on the way out. <laughs> Thank you for being kind to my yeah. earth. Just big bumper sticker, this bitch is vegan. <laughs> and it also has celiac disease, so it's you know, gluten intolerant. Yeah. But this little thing for 230 bucks. back to the topic at hand. Um, yeah. And what I think is cool about this is if you are one of those guys, this is not heavy. This can go... In a top case, this can go in a saddlebag. Um, the the high speed quick charger, the Delta charger that we have, the yellow one that's over there, is a lot heavier than this. And it, you know, it's a 120 charger, but it doesn't, it won't charge the vehicle as fast as this 220 will. And what's neat about this is every RV campsite in the world has got a 220 plug there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And guess what this plugs into? The campsite, right? Yeah. And there's adapters you can buy for this. Yeah, the only so that you is can this little thing would right. have to be a flat one. Flat one. Well, they yeah. have yeah. the adapters. Yeah, right. You, you can saw that off, right? You can. You can cut. cut no, I would that's, that. uh, that's, I would yeah. buy the adapter. It's based <laughs> on adapter. amperage. Each yeah. configuration is 20, 30, 40 for holding for amps. Different so. amps. And so the one I chose for our personal application, which I, we'll talk to somebody, we need to get this plug put in. A shot. We don't have one of these right now. Where do you want it? Um, near the front door. Okay. So, so then a little sexier voice. Where do you want it? Did you find well, that? Steve, I'd like to have my plug in the normal location, <laughs> sir. In the slot. So did you find that one online, or was I it supplied? It wasn't recommended uh, by Zero. No, or? it was not. I did my research. Okay. Uh, looked at a whole bunch of different plugs. Looked at a whole bunch of different companies, and my whole and I'll admit. The, the number one driving force when I purchased this was price. I wanted to see what one of my customers could get for the lowest dollar amount possible. Mm. Because juice, you know, juice Box has been selling these things for a long time. They're up to 40 amps, right. and, but they're not portable. They're wall-mounted only, and they're between $500 and $700. Panasonic makes one. Uh, Bosch makes one. Uh, there's, there are a number of level two chargers that you can buy for your house that are in the neighborhood of $1,400 down to $600 for level mm. two charging. This is a $230 unit. Right. And, it's, and that's for a lightweight, small, portable device. This is the kind of thing that you could take it on a trip with you. Mm. And you could grab the $6 adapter or $12 adapter so that you could plug it in at any RV park in America. Just keep going. Yeah. Right. And if that, I own a Tesla, is yeah. that what I would use? Nope. No. They have their own. Tesla's a whole different game. Yeah. 500 plus volts, yeah. I think. 500 plus volts. Like, massive volts. And massive current, average. Yeah. Well, how, right. Where do you get that from? Tesla chargers, baby. Tesla chargers. Oh, that's Are those 240 bucks? I'm sorry? Are those 240 bucks? No, they're not. So, uh, I'm not. I don't even know. I have no idea. I am not uh, dialed in on what it would cost for us to... Uh, even try to accommodate a Tesla. So a Tesla, you cannot even charge it at your house. Yeah, you, you can. They do. 
Yeah. They, they, have they sell their own yeah. custom pack. Yeah. Okay, so it's a battery that charges up right. to 500 yeah. volts, and then you plug that and into your car. And then just push it. Well, no, there's, a, there's a wall unit, and people that own a Tesla have purchased this wall unit. Oh, so they can charge. Part of the price, I think. Part of the purchase yeah. price. Yeah, and the point is, once again, not just white people problems. Wealthy white people problems. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm... Well, they, that probably have a tran they probably have a step-up transformer yeah. that converts whatever up to whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But, then, but it, imagine the amperage you're pulling oh, right. Right. at one, oh, like right. 240 right. to right. elevate that to five, uh, whatever. Well, you, can get, you can get 500 so. volts, but you can't get the amps because you only have... Right. Yeah, but what right. I'm saying is that that low end of the, the, the primary of the transformer is going to be pulling massive amps. Tons, yeah. To feed the amperage that you're going to need on the secondary. On the secondary side. So. And this, to me, qualifies under the, you know, I don't need to know about unicorn surgery. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't need to know the best way to do hovercraft maintenance because I... Hovercrafts are cool. I'm not blessed yeah, with those problems, yeah. All right, that's, that's a problem this guy's budget doesn't have to worry about. Uh, but the, the whole zero thing, that's, that's a fun... You know, that's a fun device that for a relatively reasonable price yeah. is going to take you into the 45-minute or one-hour charge cycle. I think only we could describe a, a, a Stage 2 charger as a fun device. <laughs> <laughs> it almost looks like that contour handle. Hey, baby. Our Volvo and BMW and everybody going to standard at well, level two so seems to be that seems yeah. to be what they're going. Yeah, to. level two seems to be the standard. If yeah. you're going to own an electric car, unless it's a Tesla, you're going to be living a level two life. Hmm. Level two seems to be the agreed upon standard. Um, well, in level two, and, and actually, we have to to clarify, I the 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 handle, the device, um, this it, we call it level two. But there is a uh, there is a name seventy four eleven whatever it is Ghostbuster things it is yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Darth Vader's oh the connector yeah, yeah type. say what connector type it is it's Stop. the uh, but yes the uh, I'm sorry J seventeen seventy two is the is the it's like an RJ forty five equivalent of the yeah of exactly. the right, right, right. <laughs> yeah yeah that is the indus that is the industry standard connection so yeah for, that's the yeah, that's what they call yeah. it but so what does this ultimately accomplish for the the zero in the motorcycle market having this thing uh, the the big thing about this is as opposed to plugging in your like Steve's bike you've got a six point five battery in yours right right so he has two three point two five kilowatt hours box boxes God. Well, so for him to charge his bike up from dead empty should take about five and a half, six hours, right? Yeah, but I have an auxiliary charger, too. Well, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. Just a regular one. We're yeah. just going to say if Steve just bought his bike and just wants to charge it, it's going to take... And that's using the little six, computer cord. That's, that's just, just using six 120. Hours, six right. hours. Right. Six hours is a good ballpark from a dead battery. He has the computer cord that came with his bike. He's using the onboard charger. And it's going to be charging at what we consider to be the absolute lowest common denominator, Stock. minimum, yep. what you get out of your wall. Fine, fine. It's going to take him six hours. Right. Tap water. Tap, Tap electricity. Right. But if you watch he it. You... He chooses to char charge it with this. Yep. He's going to be charged in 45 minutes. Okay. To an hour. Right. That's so, sweet. That's so sweet. Again, the question is, the, the Zero's competing with the rest of the motorcycles out there. That, yeah. So... 
how does it how does this help it compete? Because how long can you ride a well, zero before you have to stop and pull over? That's a really good. That's excellent. So I'm, that's yeah, bringing right. it into reality. Right. Bringing it into and this is a really good. This is an excellent. That that was three excellence right there. Well, and he hasn't even finished the sentence. Well, DS yeah. will do about one twenty. Correct. Right? Miles. But let's take it down to the cheapest. The biggest problem I've heard with every customer that comes in is I like the zeros. I love the technology. I love the torque. That thing is like sex. I want to ride it. I want to ride it all the time. But sweet baby Jesus, $16,000 is a lot of money hmm. for a motorcycle that doesn't have the word Harley Davidson on it or whatever, right? Right, right. So, okay, fine. You don't have to spend $16,000. You don't have to get a DSR. You don't have to get an SR. And what that term is, the DSR is the dual sport R is racing, but it's just the high output 116 foot-pounds torque motor. You don't need that to blow your skirt up. Well, you can. The, the slowest one is going to... Yes. The smallest motor they have, the, the dinkiest motor you can buy is 76 foot-pounds of torque. Which, who... I mean, there aren't too many motorcycles around us right now that have 76 foot-pounds of torque if you delete the zeros, Right? In the showroom around us, there's like, we have a Yamaha 1900, well that has 76 foot-pounds of torque. We have a Harley-Davidson teetering on 76 foot-pounds of torque. Nothing over there. Forget the entire <laughs> scooter division. The whole row of Moto Guzzi's behind you. Until you get to the 1400cc bikes, we don't have 76 foot-pounds of torque. Hmm. And Moto Guzzi, you know, all the 750s, right. And at zero RPM. And that's the thing is... The zeros, the dinkiest zero you can buy, the least money you're allowed to spend on a zero, is going to give you 76 foot-pounds of torque. Well, so let's have some fun with that. Let's maybe say you're the guy who wants to spend the least amount of money as possible. So you're not going to buy a bike that has the 13.0 kilowatt-hour battery because that's literally four bricks. And then we're talking last year's numbers. I actually have not, I'm not comfortable with this year's battery numbers yet. I'm working on that. But it was easy to do the math last year because each brick was 3.25 kilowatt hours. And Steve's bike, because he has the FXS, it happens to have two bricks. And my dirt bike is an FX. It has two bricks. We have 6.5 kilowatt hours when we take those two batteries and put them together. If we take a battery out, we have 3.25 kilowatt hours, which is like 30 miles range of mixed driving. We like to say the down and dirty method, when you look at the side of an electric, or the uh, side of a zero, and it says 6.5 on it, is multiply that times 10, and that will give you a down and dirty mm -hmm. idea of how yeah, far the bike can be ridden <clears throat> enthusiastically before you'll need to recharge it. Now, what's the maximum range you've got out of your 6.5? 120. 120 fucking miles out of the dinkiest bike you can buy. Did it literally stop? I mean, did you run it no, into the ground? No, I didn't go you down You were down to... Zero. I was down to... Maybe 11% okay. or something. And, and now, right. oh, I have to say at this point, your mileage may vary. Yeah. Because I... Well, also, in the, when it's cold out, <laughs> right. and I'm beating the crap out of it, yep. I'll get 30 miles. Exactly. Because right. of the, te yeah. the temperature. It's perfect, like at 90 degrees... The thing will go a really long distance, yep. but it incrementally gets slower as the temperature gets lower. So I mean, yep. like, 
50 to, to 100 is... At 25 you know, degrees Fahrenheit on a 13.0 zero, zero with four batteries in it, hmm. the, the full complement of batteries you can buy, four 3.25 batteries, the bike will run, and a normal running load will lose 1% per mile. So that means if I ride the bike 20 miles, I will have be down to 80% on my charge. That is the least efficient a zero can be, is at 25 degrees Fahrenheit or lower. Right, and I'm going at 2% per miles. mile, so that makes perfect sense. Because you have half I'm... as much battery. Right. Right. It's exactly so right. 100 miles is the least you can do. Right. How many miles do you want to do at 25 degrees? That's an excellent... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that yeah. is an excellent limiting yes. factor. I've been doing 60 every day. <laughs> right. And getting back to Chris's point, <laughs> which sucks. is the a buyer for a dude who con is considering buying this and comparing it against a fuel, a gasoline-powered motorcycle. Everybody these days is throwing around the big, big term that Zero has adopted is they say that these bikes can charge at up to 120 miles per hour, or they charge at 100 miles per hour. And you go, and, like, I love that, because I'm sitting here watching Oscar, who's one of the smartest people I know, making a face like, what the fuck does that mean? What the fuck, does what that the fuck Willis? <laughs> right. With well, that charger, maybe. With that charger. Hold on. Mm. Yes, with a 30-amp charger at a 220-volt power supply, you can charge it, literally putting... 120 miles worth of riding into the motorcycle in one hour. Okay. And that's how you figure the, that date out. And the that's first, a quick lunch break. It is a quick yeah. lunch break. And it but is good literally... Luck finding some place to plug that into. You know, that's the only problem right, right now. Right now, right. And so that's a great way to think about it. Now, if you have a level 2 charger, either at John, where John works, he apparently has 10 of them, the motherfuckers are hoarding all the goddamn level two chargers, <laughs> and I'm having a hard time finding one. I may be mistaken. I've got to go look at them. But well, if you recognize always saw this, them, yeah, yeah, I saw. They're them usually there. white. They they obviously look like they're charging stations <laughs> for electric vehicles. Yeah. Right. They well, have what looks I don't to be, doubt like, that. I don't doubt that the city of Cleveland have, yeah, spent did. an ass ton of money on something they're I can't sure use. They did. Until that I got a zero electric yeah. motorcycle, yeah. and now I'm going to try to use it, except for the fact that it's at your place of business instead of mine. <laughs> <laughs> right, it doesn't help me that it's in your house. Well, but, there's two in Oberlin you could use for free. Right, and but you can, will never get to them because there's they're always filled up. Oh, really? Spaces uh, are always filled because it's Oberlin. Yeah, and people hug trees out there. Granola, uh, yeah, granola. Right, exactly. But I'll park my car. I'd love to. There's four over at uh, Whole Foods. Right, there's four at Whole Foods right down the street. And they're cheap too. Yeah, well, charger. Um, do they charge? There's, I thought it's free. Whole Foods is free. Yeah. The ones here at Walgreens are like seventy-five cents. Uh, I tried. I plugged the zero. In. How do they charge it per uh, time? Basically, just... per time for hour. Okay. Yeah. But and they'll take metal slugs too. You don't have to put quarters in. <laughs> Old school. Shit. No, they take Why carrots is... and broccoli. Okay. So broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> seventy-five cents is obviously not a significant profit center. For no, it's no. just. A, it's so just it's a, a. It's a. It's basically. A symbolic, symbolic thing, yeah. where you are right. actually paying for the amount of electric you're receiving, right. and the amount right. of yeah. and the cost of that electric is really only seventy five cents. Yeah, but they're paying six cents a kilowatt hour for it. So if you put seventy five right. if you put twelve kilowatts in, then that's worth it. But you're not getting twelve kilowatts in an hour out of that. Right. So they're making a profit on they're it. They're still making a profit, albeit 
on seventy five cents. Yeah, it's a little profit, but, but it's not a. It's not a huge But on those zero batteries, because uh, I've, I've worked with, like, the, the quadcopter, like, yeah. lipos and stuff, how low can you actually go on the battery without hey. any any damage on the battery itself? Because those question. lipos, well, you can go, like... I was asking him, like, oh. did you run it into the ground? Have you ever ran right. it on a zero? No, yes. On the gauge, even if it says on the gauge it's zero, it keeps going. Yes. But it's not z really zero. The, My they, record they is 40 miles. The f yeah. The on zero. The factory says... On, z on yeah. zero? Zero on the zero. <laughs> yeah. But the factory they says... They won't let you get to the bottom. Oh, okay. There's a false bottom. Okay. So there's a false yeah, bottom. Yeah, right. It's a usable range. The, and, and that's zero. for not damaging... It's like your gas gauge in the car. In the, you go down right. to E, e and you're you like, don't run out. You know you yeah. still got about a quarter yeah. of a tank right. down below. And I didn't bounce it. So the goal with mine was... You didn't I, bounce it. No, I didn't. Well, you know the rule. You know how to bounce a, a lipo. Yeah, but I thought you meant like a lion. tank when well, you're trying to get that yeah. last yeah. ounce yeah. of gas out. Those electrons will filter down. Well, we all know if you worked with any lithium batteries, um, lion, lithium ion batteries, lithium polymer ba po lithium and phosphite batteries, if you ever worked with them before, you got a Milwaukee, you know, you got a Makita or whatever, um, you run the thing down, dead. You know, and they kind of cut out. They don't, they're like the old Nikod batteries and the old nickel metal hydrides. They would do that. The new shit is like off. Yeah. Well, that's because there's a circuit inside. To not let you go that. To protect it. And then you set the tool aside. You do something else for nine seconds. You pick the tool back up again. And magically, you can drill one half of another screw in. You let the chemistry work. And I call that bouncing a battery. Because you're mm -hmm. bouncing it. You're mm -hmm. literally bouncing it off the bottom. And that ain't great, but the circuitry is still there to protect it yeah. from me being a dipshit bouncing the battery, right. yeah. you know, dribbling the battery down the road. So my experiment was when I had the DS. When I had the DS, I ran the bike down to the point where it took, where it actually was showing me zero on the battery. And then when it was showing me zero on the display, I kept running it in a just, circle just for shits and giggles to around see how much my shop. Right. right around the shop i did not go further <laughs> 40 away. miles around the shop. you know at some point well, it's going yeah, to yeah but stop. you can walk it into the yeah, and my yeah. loop around the mentor store right. my loop around the mentor store is oh, exactly right. yeah, yeah. 5 miles so really? to go out to 615 up to route 20 over across down right. 306 and down it's stop and go traffic there's lights and shit <laughs> and it's exactly 5 miles so i said fuck it I'm never further away than I'm willing to push it, <laughs> even so there's like it's 20, flat. and there's 20 good restaurants I could plug it into, yeah. so I could just stop and get a sandwich, right? If it, if it did bottom out, if I actually right. did get in a no-run situation. So what had happened was I kept fucking going, and I got a little annoyed because it went further than I was really ready for it to go. Energizer bunnied your ass. Yeah, it did yeah. Energizer bunny my ass. I think the new update, too, yeah. the new software update, doesn't yeah. let you? No, it, it, it changes the, uh, like, the... The running of that? Yeah, the, it looks like it runs down faster oh. on the new update oh, yeah? than it did on the old one. The yeah. old one would stay up more, right. but the new Oh, the one, old one stayed up more, and then it bottomed out. Yeah, and this one... And this one, this one it'll actually show you how it... Oh, yeah, yeah, it's like they fixed the, the it's, flow. That's better. Yeah. Right. You're right. Yeah, the flow fixed the flow. That's a good way to put it. They fixed the flow. The flow the battery, but there, I did, I made several loops, and when I got to just, like, just a hair under 40, it happened to be going down the hill at 615 when it died. 
And so, so even the dash went everything just, just shut off. I was I was officially out of electricity. So huh. how well does it coast at that point? Real good. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, once good. it disengages, yeah. if you ever want to push it, mm-hmm. don't turn it on. Don't turn it on. Shut it, it off. Re- oh, because it's there for the resistance. Right. It the regens. It's regenerating. It regens. Yeah, so you yeah. have to turn it off and then it rolls really yeah, I turned the key off. So. As soon as my battery went done, I happened to be at the top of the hill, at, three, at the 306 hill. I happened to be at the top of it. It pooped out on me as soon as I went around the corner. I think having the turn signals on killed it. And uh, uh, yeah. it, it was a brake light. Don't hit the brake light. Well, the turn signals are like, <laughs> you know, they're incandescent. What kind of idiot puts incandescents on electric How would they vehicle? do that? DOT, really? baby, DOT. It's DOT. I'm oh, telling you, bullshit. It's DOT. Yeah. My turn signal broke on mine. Oh, really? Yeah. The switch or the light? Right. That's your fault. Oh, shit out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Is but, the warranty up yet? Yeah. yeah. Uh, your warranty's yeah. out. Well, I don't know. But I, who cares? But, yeah. <laughs> I turned the key off and coasted it all the way down the hill to Chipotle. So I coasted down the hill to Chipotle, pulled into Chipotle, went behind the building, plugged it in. Because, I mean, it wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. And so I pulled it into Chipotle and then went in, grabbed my food. I had it on the charger at Chipotle for maybe 15 minutes. Not even. 15 minutes. Enough I was just get, getting my food. Enough to get back to Long enough to order a burrito. Two or three percent? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It sucks it up fast. Yeah. It, initially, it really yeah. goes in there. And then yeah. It, 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 yeah. Like, charges and, like this and that. So in the time it took me to get a burrito... It was already 2 or 3%, and I was able to make it back to the shop, no questions asked. Yeah. So the point being that when it says empty, it's not empty. That's the first thing. Range anxiety is going to bother everybody. There's, there's, you know, yeah. You're going to fucking have I mean, it. You're just trusting the fuck out of it. You fly those helicopters. Yeah. You are going to be freaked out yeah. about your battery. You're like, oh shit, all oh shit, got to land, got to land. Yeah, I got to <laughs> land this thing so I'm not paying thousands of dollars for this fucking <laughs> toy yeah. to crash. But when you're talking about, like, how does this apply to a layperson, to a dude who's just a dude? If you have our cheapest bike, which is a 6.5, an S model, you know, it's a zero S. Um, it's our standard street model bike. It's, it's the cheapest, it's essentially the cheapest zero we can sell you. It's got the lowest seat height. It's not a dirt bike. It's meant for on-road use. And you can buy the thing with only two battery packs in it, which is a 6.5 if it's last year's model, save $1,500. 7.2. Or 7.2 if it's this year's model. Okay, motor's the same. Oh, so I could pick up a DS right now for $1,500 off? Yeah, well, if it's a 2017. Yeah, absolutely. Then I could update it with my phone. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> and so you take the cheapest bike, and then you have, right off the bat, if you drive like Steve... Apparently, you have a 120-mile range. I don't drive like Steve. No, that was in the city. Extreme conditions. 25 miles an hour, stop-and-go traffic. You were really stretching it out. And I was not, I was giving it, I was in eco mode with, you know. But you were trying to prove a point. Right. You were steving the shit out of the situation. Steve. Does does it self-recharge when you're braking, that kind of system? Okay, so that's the standard. And when you're coasting. Okay, okay. But it's much more fun to fill it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I take the cheapest bike we have I go ride it around I didn't spend an extra $2,000 for a level 2 charger I don't have a charge tank built into it I just have the standard little 120 cord that came with it so that means that every time I drain the battery let's just say I'm not Steve and I'm only getting 60 miles out of it because I ride it aggressively or whatever then that means i got to pull the bike in and plug it into a wall Six and it'll take six hours to charge up. 
Well, that's less exciting than the idea of ordering the bike with a charge tank on it, spending an extra $1,600, and being able to visit any of these 400 places in the city of Cleveland. Beat it up. Go get some lunch. Beat hey, it up on the way. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Even with the level one, right. you can ride to work, plug it in. You've got eight hours yeah. at work. You you really you You'd never have to plug it in at home if you could yeah. plug it in at work. So so here's the question. Is, yeah. it, a, is it a commuter bike mm -hmm. or is it a possible distance bike nope. and I'm well let me let yeah. me preface this by saying that Roadrunner magazine is doing yeah. a story about electric Terry the what the I am sorry go ahead they're doing a story about that that George Wyman trail right. being done on a what on a zero on a zero so right. that's a long distance run absolutely and I haven't read all the articles but I think they are using one of these charges you can do um, because they, they, they can't go 60 or 120 miles and then stop for eight hours and try exactly. to get it done. Terry Hirschner is, I think, well, you know, I, I don't know if Terry listens to our podcast. I don't care. Fuck Terry. No, he's a really sweet human <laughs> being. <laughs> he's a really sweet human being and he's a super smart guy. And what Terry's done is Terry has, he started with the Zero platform with a 2013 or 2014 and kept adding batteries to it, and then kept increasing his ability to charge. And Terry has learned more and realized more shit that doesn't work than I'll ever know. Because his trials and tribulations were literally riding around the goddamn country on a zero. Yeah. Super crazy long distances. And managing, you know, math in his head on the fly, so he could know, I'm going to do, like, time over distance to this point where I can have access to a 220 charger so I can bed down there for three or four hours, bring my bike back up to a maximum charge, and get back on the road again. And Terry's one of those guys that his brain can see the math, and his brain can see the load and Ohm's Law and just understand that if I'm charging at this rate, I'm charging at that rate, and if I plug in here and I plug in there and I plug in there, and I have these cords on board my bike... I can make something that will recharge itself. He's like motherfucking Electro. He is, and he's charging, and his dog's called Charger, uh, you know, <laughs> literally. And, you know, his toy Husky, which turned out to not be a toy, his toy Husky, which sits on the gas tank, is not a toy Husky. It's one of the biggest Huskies I've ever seen in my goddamn life. <laughs> but too late, the dog likes riding on the bike. So now Terry has taken the bike and elongated the wheelbase of the bike and elongated the front steering stem of the bike to accommodate taking a dog pen, a crate, with him. <laughs> I thought he was like one of those Akron star boys. No. I thought you were going to say to increase the capacity of putting another battery. Well, he does. He's already, I mean, the, the bike carries with it the power of a nuclear battleship. I mean, <laughs> he could run a small village. If he shows up, whoa, we all get ice cubes because Terry can run our, like, our, our refrigerators for the next <laughs> that month. That was a great movie. <laughs> Would it be a complete sacrilege to have like a little battery buddy that's just a small min Honda generator? This idea has been that's miniaturized and fits in a little me. pack that slides on the tail of the bike. Everybody, What's everybody. There are so many a, people. Those military bikes yes. look like that's basically what they have. And that's what they're talking about doing. They're talking about doing a fuel cell motor. Fifteen hundred dollar uh, upgrade. You can have a little. Then it would yes. be a hybrid. It's, exactly. You're building a hybrid. a hybrid. Yeah. You're building a hybrid. And Steve talked about this. Can we get a little baby Honda generator or a Honda Metropolitan motor? 
arguably one of the most efficient powertrains I've ever seen in my life. And you could eliminate the drivetrain. You, you get one free every time you throw a Honda Metropolitan in the trash. <laughs> and the the uh, Magneto the starter yeah. is a integral. Exactly. How many starter How many horsepower does it take to maintain? 65 miles an hour on the highway. That's the math. It's, it probably takes one, and that bike is probably five horsepower. So if you have a so five we're horsepower turning 4,700 watts. We're turning it's dinosaur remains watts. into electricity 4, on the road on a power plant you are having with you on the road. Mm. And that's the essence of a, high, a true hybrid vehicle. Yeah. And whether it's, and we haven't even talked about doing, a, nobody's, nobody, thank God, is talking about hydrogen fuel cells for this exact type of thing. You know, Honda had produced a running, drivable prototype that James May got to drive around, an actual hydrogen fuel cell car. No, they have them. You can, you can lease them now. Oh, do they really? Yeah, this year you can lease I those know that. Uh, fuel cell cars. The Hondas. It's a Honda or a Toyota. Uh, I don't care. Genius. Yeah. Fantastic. Right. I mean, that's really cool. And then you get your hydrogen for the three-year lease period for free. Oh, of course you do. <laughs> yeah. And then they come and take it away from you. Yeah. Because you're like, I'm going to hit my, my H. I need my H, baby. Give me the H. I'm looking at these generators yeah. uh, for my plant. that you It's a differential heat, and they take waste heat, and you have to and have a heat sink. Yeah. And what happens is it's a closed-loop system, yeah. and you heat one end, and it and it is is it like the electrolytic panels you put heat on one side cold on the other no it it's, a, it's mm -hmm. like a, it's almost like a refrigerator oh but it's got a it's you know you have a condenser and an evaporator and you heat the one side and it drives the fluid through and then it then you have a place where you dissipate the heat and then it that's what makes the motor force wow so now mm -hmm. they make one that's one kilowatt and I think they said it's the size of a softball. Are you kidding me? No, Holy but it's, shit. I mean, so it's the size of a softball, but it's one kilowatt. And this could be a skin, but I mean, I was reading the company's profile and everything. But they say that they can make one that's, that's the size of a softball, and it's a one kilowatt. So if you had that, yeah. you, but you'd still need a source of, you know, you still need you a source a of heat. heat. Uh, you got a lot so of heat. So you, but, but I mean, just Spend that way it's so rise. compact. You instead just of drag a, it on the ground. <laughs> I put it on an inside a tire and just drag <laughs> it. <laughs> you may have a problem with resistance. I think you're going to run into a problem with that, though, because it's, that's a perpetual motion machine. It's not perpetual motion because you have to have a heat source. As right. long as you right. get a heat source. But you don't have a heat source on the bike. He's burning shit to You'd have shit to heat anyway. the thing yeah. with something from, from the electric, from the well, energy from the bike. And so and that's, that's, no, yeah. but what I'm saying is, but, but if you have a motor, okay, so say you have a Honda yeah. yeah. E, uh, e, like that 200 <laughs> generator, okay? Right. It's like 40 right, right, pounds. Right. Sure. It is it's, literally, it, yeah. The thing is the size of like a two briefcases put yeah. together. Yeah. Yes, sir. And so you'd have to mount that on the back and yeah. whatever. Okay. But you, but if you look at that in comparison to a softball size right. thing or two softball size, you know, uh -huh. you know, which I would like. <laughs> okay. But a pair. I like where you're going with this. <laughs> and he's and then and then <laughs> where are the nipples located on these two softballs? Or like, or like <laughs> okay. a, a, a tank, a fuel a tank, propane and a stove. Yeah. Or a a propane single, tank, single, or, I mean, single burner like, propane stove. Hmm. So you set one of these. Right. A single burner propane stove. And that's 2KW, right. which maybe doesn't necessarily propel you at 65, yeah. you know, for whatever, but it, 
allows you to you uh, might still be range by thirty percent. Right, and you then still you might be dropping one. You might well, you still be dropping slower, one or two percent, but, but at a slower rate. Slower rate. Right. Yeah. The whole time you're burning a thing, you could be cooking a steak. Hills, yeah. yes. <laughs> you could be making Camping a brisket. Or whatever. Yeah. There's all kinds a of little foil right. pack. Right. Right. Manifold <laughs> Destiny has got all kinds of recipes yeah. that you can cook on your camp your stove. And if you have a camp right. stove, you right. could throw your your generator on top yes, of your camp exactly. stove. And I mean, they do make uh, they make a couple of camping devices right now. That, the cool thing about that would yeah. be if you're motorcycle camping, you pull over, build a fire, throw yeah. that thing in the fire, hook it up to yeah. the bike, yeah. it charges the bike out in the yeah. woods. Sure. And you have your camping. Oh, there's a little device right now you can buy that yep. you the see. Rocket the, the rocket stove with a phone recharger. And there's a USB port on the side. And so you literally fill it with little really? wood chips and shit. And you light it on fire. And you cook your coffee on top of it. But while it's cooking your coffee, it's charging your phone. And that works case. on the electrolytic panel. That works side on there. Two panels. Wow. So you have heat on one side and cold, cold on the there. other. And that transfer makes electricity. Yeah. yeah. It's a fun I, little device. I mean, it's science. kind of. A, Science! Exactly. <laughs> and, right. And it does charge a phone. I mean, that's, that's the kind cool. of, you know, it, that, it's a... Uh, if, if our listeners, I don't want to ever keep... I know I've said this before, but I will say it again for the benefit of people who may have just tuned in. There is a YouTube channel called AVE. It stands for Arduino versus Evil. Mm-hmm. I was trying um, to think of that the other day. Yeah, I'm going to give you a reminder. AVE, if you are not watching this amazing Canadian who never shows his face and does a thing called Board of Lane Tool Reviews, B-O-L-T-R. And basically he has said, I'm sick of watching YouTube dickheads who are shills for a company, who are getting a tool and not paying for it. This is the greatest 7 eighths drive wrench I've ever... Fuck you, right? What he does is he basically is driven by his own motivation, and you can tell this guy is like a oil or coal pipeline management engineer, or no, not a management. He's a goddamn grunt. Like, the guy clearly knows how to bust shit free. He clearly knows the shortest distance between a rusted bolt and a broken thumb. Like, he's he's no stranger to that. He's and, dragged his knuckles a little Yes, and mm. I completely appreciate everything he does. I have become a smarter person by watching this YouTube channel, and... He does about one or two of them per week. He's very reliable. They're very watchable, even for people that don't possess an extreme knowledge of tools. And he takes apart shit that you are interested in. Like, he loves taking apart expensive vacuum cleaners. Mm. You know, he'll buy a Dyson ball thing and be like, not as good as the first one. Why? Uh, but he'll, you know, take apart your wife's vibrator and tell you why it shouldn't be used anywhere near her genitals. My wife uh, does not have a vibrator. Oh, really? That you <laughs> she know has about. <laughs> She has two! She has two! Yet she has a strange collection of leaf blowers. <laughs> <laughs> but the other, I don't know what all those batteries in the nightstand are for. Trust me. If you, if, if you have any C or D sized batteries wandering around oh, your house, oh, I used his hand motion and it just was like, it was said so it was smooth. And, uh, <laughs> if it's good enough for astronauts, it's good enough for me. I put that shit on everything. John Glenn approved. <laughs> the, uh, so it's I, not just only Arduino based stuff, it's just like no, no, life hacks and, right. and Yeah, and he does a lot of, of Arduino shit. Like, if you're into, if you do like, looking at a little bit of code, right. he'll be happy. I mean, he does quite a few things where he'll okay. talk about... But not using, everything is based use, on No, it's okay. very little. Right. In fact, I'd say it's less than 2% okay. actual Arduino nerdy level shit. 
But it's nerdy shit that you actually look oh, at. Oh, a lot of it's oh, really, really good. Uh, a lot of it is like, what kills me is the math he does in his head. Because he comes up with flow rates and torque specs and shit, you know, out of his fucking skull. And what's nice is when he edits the thing later, oh, he puts he'll do the real math. Yeah. So he'll say like, you know, uh, you know, you'll be off by like 12.5%. And then he'll put a little note in there that says, Texas actually 14. it's 14%. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. You got that close, just yeah. So he proof checks his shit it. and just kind of yeah. okay, that's cool. But it's a cool, it's a cool program. A V E. Um, I'm sure you guys have like, you know, if you ever heard me say shit like, you know, it's a skookum chucher or whatever. There's a lot of things that I've accidentally picked up out of his vernacular. That's pretty cool. Because I watch his program way too much. Get hit to the vernacular. Right, man. Got to get that common <laughs> vernacular. So, but that's, I mean, okay, that's enough of the zero shit. Uh, on to other stuff. Is this where it's sort of talking about tools? Yeah. I kind of want to buy an inductive uh, nut buster. Uh -huh. Well, that's a little tool that has a little inductive heater on it. And say you have a sticky bolt or a nut yeah. or something, you can just go like this, you hit the button, and it turns a cherry red in a few seconds or however long it takes. And you take it off and you crack it. So this thing literally just grabs a bolt or Well, not. it has a copper coil. Right. And, you know, here's a, here's a bolt. You put it over it. You hit the button. Yeah. I mean, we know there's no a, substitute for heat. In a short amount of time, it's cherry red. You take it off and you crack it. And it doesn't heat all the other expensive things around it. It just it heats whatever's the bolt inside. Itself. Whatever's inside the Interesting. coil. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Has anybody had any experience with no. this or anything? Well, that I would like to buy one. And then no. I was looking just... I've always used the opposite of that, which is map gas. Well, there are... <laughs> there's, like, elements that you can buy. Like I was, that burns everything around it. Yeah. <laughs> there's, like, a, the little box and then the coil and elements that where you can buy for as little as 15 bucks. What? That'll run on 12 to 48 volts. But I don't know how well they work. I, I don't care. Yeah. I mean, the idea... I mean, we all know... If you've ever fought a stubborn fastener, right? The, there's the chemical solution, which is, you know, PB blaster, you know, sure. ACF. I use a combination of the two. I like to heat it up and quench it with a little WD-40, right. crack her mm. loose. Right, right. I exactly. like my impact. Impacts are always my well, favorite. Right. Three, Violence, three or four Kaduckas and just get, get it the Sometimes fuck out of there. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Kaduckas have their place. How many Kaduckas is that? And then when that doesn't work, you have to use a cutoff wheel. Right. Because you rounded it off with the vice grips. And you use the cutoff yeah. wheel, and then it's real loose once the cutoff the wheel The AVE does a whole thing on broken bolts. Like, you know, he'll, he intentionally breaks off bolts and then comes out with, you know, the ways to pull them out. And that's one of those, like, early, one of the early shows he does. It's, it's the fucking Sesame Street for guys who work with their hands. Really I already subscribed, man. I'm, I'm yeah. on it. Yeah, that's a good thing. Don't do not do not miss that shit. But so this thing literally, yeah, it's an inductive bolt heater for lack of it. I mean, it's a handheld genius. thing. It has a little coil. You can put it over a bolt. Yeah. Hit the button. Wait for a little bit. All of a sudden, it's cherry red. I you, love it. Yeah. I can't huh. believe I don't have one yet. I don't know how expensive I, the the units that I the little things that I saw that weren't the thing were relatively cheap. Not You're gonna have to them. deconstruct that sentence for me. Yeah, sorry about that. Buying buying just the guts, the element, the element right. looked relatively cheap. I okay. did, I was in the middle of researching it for then, your job, and then shit happened. Speaking of shit happening, for Steve's <laughs> job, you should be able to use that every day. Yeah, we we replace everything with stainless, right? But you've got to have like 
the crusty, stubborn nut oh, and bolt nasty. has got to be your goddamn stock and trade. But the biggest problem I have is when dipshits paint over the threads. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Sorry, well, man. this would burn the paint right off. This would yeah. literally cook the paint off. It would turn that paint into lubricant, to anti-seize. If you get that thing cherry red in a matter of seconds, right. that's very fucking yeah, cool. I would never have thought that I should try like a heat gun or anything. I, I mean, have, not cherry red. So it's I mean, I've used my welder before. I've used my welder. I use my acetylene torch yes. with a narrow... Uh, I mean, just, I don't use a, I don't yeah. use a rosebud. These no. are really, it's too, I mean, it takes it's no too dry, Yeah. That's my problem. That's why I huh. use the, I'll use the MIG. Wow, Jesus Christmas. Okay, so this kit is $300. That's just the first one I found. Yeah, 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 I'm with you. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it basically has a whole bunch of bent coat hangers. There's obviously, uh, <laughs> there's obviously a gazinda and a gazauda, and it gets hot in the middle, yeah. right? I mean, that's the Wherever whole way you put it, in the middle, it just coil. middle coil, right. and then come back and the just. Yeah. And then it just basically hooks up <clears throat> to something that looks like a device for holding this thing. So it's just a a like positive. A this thing looks, looks like, like this looks like iron. this looks like an old Weller soldering iron, yep. but instead mm -hmm. of the soldering iron going together in a tip, it goes oh, in a circle. Oh, okay. And like an old water heater. No, yeah, no, like just, an immersion heater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like, you know. That's cool, if, yeah. If for anybody who's not a, a familiar yeah. with what inductive heating is, it's basically where, you know, you run a, enough current through a copper coil, yep. mm -hmm. and it'll actually, and I don't know whether it's an electromagnetic, uh, excuse my yep. <laughs> I don't know why I'm tongue-tied, yeah. but uh, it's like, a, I don't know if it's, it's an electromagnetic field or right. whatnot, but well, it, will, it will heat things up. It creates energy. Low enough, at a low enough amperage, you can take any given resistance and run it at itself, and the byproduct will be heat. Mm -hmm. And right. the more coils you put into it, the more you can delay that shorting action into a usable heat supply. Right. So any heat supply you've ever had that runs off of either a positive terminal and negative terminal on a battery or uh, the AC current you see in your wall, if you have a heater that's a coil-based heater, so if you can look and see red things that are getting lighter, getting brighter when you plug it in, um, or even a light bulb. It, it, that's what it's just right. saying. Cause, yeah. Right, that's a heating device that has a, a byproduct of light. But, yeah, what's fantastic about this is it clearly, because of the coil, like a three-turn coil or a four-turn coil... It's going to heat the, the nut. Like a motherfucker. Because right, yeah. what I'm seeing here is the nut is orange, Jeez. and the bolt is still black as fuck. So that's really cool. And oh, I guarantee that yeah. something is going to let go. Yeah. There's no doubt that thing's yeah. going <coughs> to You turn it to liquid. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. At some That's point, cool. your only solution is going to be to literally bite it off with a pair of dikes. Mm. You know? um, but that's really cool. And you know, my trick was always I would take my welder and then mm. you know, and just literally just hit it with the welder for a second. And the heat... Just, yeah. yeah, for a MIG welder, to, to get on it with a MIG welder for a second... Say, so. The heat is tremendous. Now you're not welding anything to it. You're just energizing the part. I mean, if you have propane, if you have yeah. oxyacetylene torches or whatever you do, right. but that thing's like a little handy dandy. Well, with just plugging it in a lot cleaner and just yeah. My yeah. problem is with propane or even with map gas, whatever nut or bolt you heat, everything around it is exceeding its melt temperature. Right. It's it. Yeah. So whatever this bolt or nut is hooked to. Is going to be destroyed yeah, by the heat. It's hard to focus yeah. your your heat source. Whereas that, it looks propane. like everything yeah, that's, inside it's the inside the coil. That's what like gets it. hit. It. Yeah. We'll put a picture of that in the show notes because that looked That'd really cool. Great, yeah. That's a fun. That's a fun thing. Yeah. I always try to come up with a tech tip. That's a tech good tech tip. Of the tech week. Tip. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a damn good tech tip. 
The uh, <clears throat> just a tip. <laughs> just a tip. <laughs> just a tip, and just for a minute. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. The so, biggest lie ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. You're only gonna feel a pinch. It'll be over in a minute. Uh, oh, no, I guarantee. It's like getting your foot in the door. <laughs> Five minutes later, <laughs> and pregnant. The uh, yeah. Uh, wrong hole. Wrong hole. What? Uh, <laughs> what are the things? I, what, <laughs> And now it's a hate crime. <laughs> uh, uh, but exit only. <laughs> Not pregnant. The uh, <laughs> one of the things I wanted to talk about was this idea of uh, I've had some bikes. You know, we've been trying to sell some stuff and trying to liquidate some of these bikes. And yeah, it's going good. You know, we got somebody to buy the CB400 Cafe Racer. Sweet. Um, and uh, somebody to buy the CB450, the orange one with the Kevin Moore pinstripe paint job. That's a nice little so bike. That's a good bike to have. And so people are moving stuff around. But what is happening is I'm identifying bikes that can't be sold. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. I've tried to sell these bikes, and I've had people I've had people on the hook. Oh, no. So. And then for some reason, they jump off the hook. That's Stratocaster back there. <laughs> <laughs> I think somebody should buy that thing. And it's just a hilarious thing. Is like, I've had people that are like, I'm buying this bike. I'm going to get the money right now. I'll be right back. I'll be right back to buy this bike. And Craigslist syndrome. It is. I fucking swear to God. What syndrome? Craigslist. Craigslist syndrome. syndrome. I just got to ask my wife. I've I've listed. There are bikes that I have listed so many fucking times. No, they're not. And I can't seem to sell the fucker. And I don't know what the hell it is. Um, we recently had, you know, we put a couple of Pajeros up online, these Japanese trucks, the Japanese Mitsubishis. They boomeranged on you. And we put them up, and they both sold in the auction. They both got bids. However, I make people put a $500, and this is a good idea if you're going to sell something, yeah. especially on eBay. Make it mandatory for the person to put a $500 deposit on PayPal within 48 hours. To make sure that they're, Why? They're, yeah, they're serious about they're the They're serious buy. about it. Yeah. And... If they fuck you over, at least you have five hundred of their dollars. Right, and if you get fucked over like ten times, then you can. You're way the yeah. fuck ahead of the game. <laughs> Good That's point. right. I Good sold point. this bike one failed deal at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and every time somebody fucks you over, the value of the bike goes down five hundred dollars. You know, the money you need to sell it for goes down exactly. five hundred dollars. Right. You could win by losing. So I put that on these two auctions, and in both cases, two totally separate individuals, one of them is a diesel, one of them is a gas. One sold for 5000 the other one sold for 5600 And in both cases, neither party did their job and put the $500 deposit down so, within 48 hours. So instead of having to wait five or six or seven days to know that I had an asshole on the line, it only hours. took me 48, 48 hours, hours. Yep. to know that somebody was in the process of fucking me over. I like the idea of having a Pajero, is what I imagine they were saying, and I imagine <laughs> what they sounded like. I'm going to click a bid right now, because it doesn't cost me any money to press this button and make a bid. Oh, shit, I won. What do I do now? I have to come up with $5,000. Let me just ignore this man until whatever See happens what happens. I literally <clears throat> sent the guy a message that said, I will be leaving you ne negative feedback. I am giving you an unpaid item claim with eBay. I, you did not leave me, you did not give me the deposit within 48 hours. And he wrote <laughs> me a message back that said, you do whatever you got to do, tough guy. 
You're the one who bid. Yeah. You're the fuck talks you do like anything that. about yeah. Who actually talks like that? And the other thing is, now that you've said that, I know that you're a fucking dipshit, <coughs> and I'll never do business with you again. Right. And realistically, if you walk into my shop, I am probably going to be more inclined to agitate you to the point where you say something stupid, yeah. and I could justify punching you. Mm. Right? <laughs> Were they local? No. No. And, you know, it's always this, like, well, you know, uh, and I told people, I was like, I'm out of town. I'm in Italy when this auction ended. However, we've got people here 40 hours a week. So contact me. Here's my cell phone number. I paid the extra money so my phone works in Italy. Call me. Let's work this shit out. Well, of course, they didn't call me. They didn't make the deposit. They were shocked that they won the auction. They didn't think their bid was going to be the one that won it. And, end result, congratulations, you owe me five grand. I didn't think I'd actually win. I just was having fun bidding. Well, yeah. Anybody can go to the auction and wave their card around. Well, that's the good and the bad thing about eBay. Well, then you file an unpaid item claim with these people, and it takes eBay a week to decide what they're going to do about it. And even if they say, you're right... Clearly, you've had all your communication with this guy back and yeah. forth. One wiggles off the hook. We're going to let you know. We're going to let you relist it for free. We're going to credit you. Yeah. It still takes them a week to make that analysis. Yeah. And you've lost a week of potential sale on the vehicle. So I've done all that. Now, the good news is I did a second chance offer with one of the people. He's super excited to buy the truck, and he's going to buy it for 5400 So one of the two guys... So one of the... One of the one oh, the, se- oh, okay, the okay, second okay. bidders. Oh, right? okay, okay. So the guy that bid it up to 5400 right. turns out to be a great guy. This guy skated on me. It's up before right. I before I realized it. You want to hit it? And eBay does give you the ability to notify all your previous bidders. Oh, that's nice great. and easy. That's second great. chance offer. You've been given a second chance offer. Straight to the a week ago. You bid 5400 dollars on this car. Do you mean it? Because if you mean it, you you're can the buy second it right runner now up at 5400. And the, and the dude was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm gonna nice. buy that shit." And so he did. And he's in Utah, and he's gonna, you know, send somebody to come out and pick it up. Nice. You know, it's not car big transport. money. I mean, fifty-four hundred dollars for something. No. I mean, it's not big money. It's not big money for a, an actual four-wheel drive vehicle that runs and drives and does all the cool shit. Yeah. But it's super pretty clean, you know. It's like, crazy. Yeah. So that's the diesel. So the diesel's sold. So the gas one's still not sold. So I listed it again. But now going back to the unsellable, the shit you can't see. I have got a Honda CB750 that I've had four people buy, but yet never give me a penny. Four people have bought it. Phil, I would tell you that they did not, in fact, buy it. Then. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> right. They proposed a sale. They proposed right. a sale. They 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 did not consummate. They the sale. exercised their There's eBay offer consideration. Yes. And, <laughs> and they did exercise their eBay right to make a bid, and. And then uh, three of them were on eBay, and one of them was on Craigslist. And these are all people that said, you know, I'll be there on Tuesday or whatever. And the long and short of it is they never came through with it. The one guy slow played me so long that he never gave me money, but he actually sent me money to put new tires on the bike. (laughs) Nice. I shook down that. The reason that CB750 over there has brand new Dunlops on it... (laughs) Is he paid for? Yeah. God love him. The dude who was going to buy it. Thanks for buying new tires for my bike. Right. The dude who was going to buy it gave me his credit card so I could put new tires and tubes on it. And I have emailed him back and forth. And he's in New York State. And he's like, you know, close to NYC. Hmm. And I said, 
I have been to the East Coast several times. I have right. this problem where I keep right. buying Japanese cars, and they ship into the East Coast. You can totally drop it off. And I happen those, to yeah. take an empty pickup truck every time that I put a car hauler on to bring cars back. And I told this guy, I'm like, look, I'm there once a month. Tell me when you're ready. I'll throw this motorcycle in the back of my truck. Drop it. All you got to do is give me the five grand that you told me you'd give me seven months ago before I put two tires and tubes on the bike for you. And the guy's completely, like, not reliable. Like, he'll send me, I'll, he'll be like, well, I'm just going to try to figure out where I'm going to store the bike. Give me a minute, I'll call you, I'll, I'll email you back. And then four weeks goes by, and I'm like, hey, I'm coming out to the East Coast again. I can make a side trip to New York City. It's not the first time I've done it. it sounds like he's waiting for his divorce to get finalized. No shit. Right? <laughs> and the guy's, I looked him up, he's a lawyer. So obviously the five grand isn't yeah, but he has some scratch, so it's, it's, you just, he, he just doesn't care. He just doesn't no, care. No, no, no. Half Talk the attorneys to any financial planner. Are starving. Are That's the point. Yeah, Talk right. to any financial planner and ask him what it's like to work with attorneys and doctors and all these people who supposedly... So it's just, it's super, uh, okay. I would much rather work with a plumber than a doctor. When it comes to paying bills... Uh, the plumber can pay his bills. When it comes to paying bills. Well, that's right. consistent. The plumber can yeah. pay his bills. The doctors I've worked with here at the shop tend to be, their debt-to-income ratio is all fucked up. No. And a lot of it is stuff like malpractice, a lot of stuff, you know, insurance, a lot of it is stuff like oh, high overhead, but then very little income, mm -hmm. because they're not, they're well, not getting a reliable. You might be turning income. over a lot of money, you might yeah. be billing a ton of shit, but it doesn't right. mean you're getting paid. doesn't mean you're keeping it. doesn't it. mean it equals how much you pay out in like 90 materials. days in the rear. I mean, dentist, 90 days in the rear. <laughs> you know how much waste goes on in like a dental office? All the yeah. tool, yeah. all the all the packaging, Overhead, all the gloves, and all yep. this stuff that gets thrown away. Mercury. Sure, you could bill eighty dollars for a cleaning. <laughs> God damn that mercury overhead! But I've been getting all that. I've been getting all that silver out of people's mouths. <laughs> the amalgam's worth money, man. I'm getting rich on the amalgam trade. The uh, I can tell you that I was taking home more money when I was making $200,000 a year and I had two employees mm. than when I was making over a million dollars a year With and had six employees. Yeah. Yeah. The money I got to keep was way higher when I had 200000 a year than when I had The ratio was higher on your... Yeah. On your I, you know, I had a conversation with somebody today and I told him the best job I ever had was when I made damn near 20 bucks an hour and I got paid daily. Yes. In cash. <laughs> In cash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like 25 bucks an hour. <laughs> and yet you still made it to the welfare office to get your check. Good for you. Yeah, taxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but still like you got employment at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course you were. Right. <laughs> hey, Snoop Dogg goes and cashes his welfare checks with pride. Wow. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it was Snoop Dogg. It was one of the rappers was literally had the, oh, the camera yeah, crew yeah, in the limo yeah, 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 when right. they went to cash their... Yeah, cash with all this fucking bling bling, yes. I just didn't give a shit. I yeah, can't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to say it was Snoop Dogg. I'm not gonna. I mean, it was probably, but it was something. It was Fiddy. I think all those rappers look the same to me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, I, 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 no, do not email Cleveland Motor for that one. <laughs> well, no, I saw the thing the other day that uh, Mike Pence is uh, a Mike rapper? Pence. No, our vice president <laughs> yep. is younger than Flava Flav. What? He was, they were talking about, like, how out of touch Mike Pence is. And they were like, uh, well, you know, it's not because he's an old man, because he's younger than Flava Flav. That's kind of a dated comment, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the point is, man, man, yeah, man, boy, Flava Flav. 
Vice President is younger than Flavor Flav. <laughs> Actual statement. Flavor Flav uh, is an old man. Yeah. You know, that whole president thing. have to thing. look that up. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not buying that at all. Whitest comment ever. I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> I don't believe Flava Flav. Is that no, Flav I don't believe Flav Mike Flav Pence. Or Flav Flav? <laughs> is that Malto Meal or Malto Meal? <laughs> you don't believe Mal Mike Pence is younger than Flava Flav? No. He is. Yeah. Well, Flava Flav's he older. He probably is, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't even see how old, old Dirty Bastard is, but... ODB? Uh, I think OB, I think ODB may actually be younger than me, so I don't want to look that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> I never like being reminded of any of that shit. I don't have a whole lot of mirrors in my house. That's because I don't really want to see <laughs> Ah, yes, exactly. I don't necessarily want to see what I actually Easy solution to a problem. Yeah. The, uh, are you, what's, like, if you, so Chris, if you had to, if you had to sell a bike right now. Yeah. What is the, what is the thing in your garage that is the most likely to be sold. Is it the Superhawk or is it the 450? Superhawk. The Superhawk. Most likely or least likely? Most likely. And to, to, to be let go of? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Okay, so maybe we use the podcast a little bit to, uh, for our own little purposes. Let's monetize this. You're trying to sell the Superhawk. Yeah. You want to sell, you've wanted to sell your Superhawk for a while. Yeah, you? correct. Yeah. What do you got to, got to, got to, got to have for it? If I wanted to buy your Three. Super Hawk, okay. Nah, Three. nah, nah, nah. If I wanted to buy it, how much would you charge me? Well, I'm not going to say that on the radio. Good, smart man. Smart man. Nobody gets right. a Johnny Mac price. Right, yeah. but, but that's a really okay. good point. That's a really good point. $3,000. Three, I mean, I don't care where you live or what you do. $3,000 for a running motorcycle with a title. Stool. That has had Johnny Mac working on it. Yeah. Right? And a fresh battery, unless it's dying over there in your warehouse. It could be. No, you it's know, plugged in. Here's Everything's a, plugged I, in. I also own a Superhawk, right. and I know a number of people who have owned Superhawks, mm -hmm. and nobody who has owned a Superhawk yeah. is ever happy that they sold their Superhawk. Exactly right. Every person I've talked really? to... Really? A little bit sad. They had kept their Superhawk. Yep, a little bit sad. So yep. that's a word of caution. Yep. Good. But All right. that, so, that should well, also be something that our listeners should hear. Right. That should you ever, if you ever wanted to own a Superhawk, believe me, the feeling is very satisfactory. Yes, it is. Mm. And I've owned a bunch of them. You've had them. I'm it's always happy. That's a keeper for me. And I don't plan on ever selling my Superhawk. Yeah. They're very good motorcycles. I mean, they're just, they're sexier than a dream. They're very stimulating to ride. They are. Are you easily stimulated? No. When it comes to that kind of thing. <laughs> um, Good point. They get street cred like nobody's business. There aren't a whole lot out there. Nobody else. Right. You might show up someplace where mm -hmm. there are two. Yeah. But yeah. very rarely. Yeah. And to me, the only thing that trumps a Superhawk is a black bomber. Right. Any specific year or just in general? Well, it's just the range. So, I mean, Superhawks were made from, I think, what, 60 or 61 to 67? 61 to 67 okay. is the only range you're going to see them. Realistically, in this country, you're probably going to see 64 to 67. And you don't see a lot of 60s Hondas. Nothing. There. What about a Super Cub? Well, well, we'll get you know, we can get into that. Super Cub, you can't, <laughs> you can't ride on the highway. Right. Super Cub yeah, is a Super Cub. The, the Super, Super Cub doesn't have a toaster. Anything pre-70, though, you yeah. rarely see. Exactly. It's instant collector cred. It's instant cool-ass old Honda cred. It is... Uh, it's a real, honest-to-God frame. It's not a. It's not a dream. Many people say that the CB750 
revolutionized the motorcycle when it was the first superbike. Mm -hmm. But I look at like the, the CB, the, you know, the CB77, the Superhawk, yeah. as being a little 305 mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. was just as fast as British B twins oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Which yeah. is British parallel twins and was yeah. oil tight, mm -hmm. electric start, yeah. you know, and and did it all. Yeah. Mm, it's true. And did an ad with Santa Claus too. You know what? Yeah. Or you could say, or you could take one step further and say the Black Bomber was, I think, the first dual overhead cam. Well, I think the Black Bomber was an extension of the Superhawk mentality. Yeah. So the Black Bomber was saying, what if we could give it a really big motor in those days and make it spin out to 10,000 RPM? Like, what, what if we could do that? If that was possible to do, is to take a Superhawk, Superhawk and, and amplify it to this ludicrous thing, but I still think the Superhawk is a, a yes. brilliant, right? <clears throat> a brilliant, brilliant bike. To me, the only thing that trumps the Superhawk in the entire world of Honda, there's one, there's the Black Bombers at the top of the list for me, and then comes the Superhawk. Mm. And I'm saying, I haven't even said CB, CBX, because the CBX is not even up there. The CBX is probably another eight or ten bikes down the chain. But to me, of collectible, ownable, livable Hondas, the Superhawk is at the absolute, it's in position number two behind the bomber. It's beta. Yeah, it is. It's not the Alpha. Well, because if you have a CBX, you have 24 valves you have to adjust. Mm -hmm. And they're shim and bucket, and it's a fucking nightmare. Anybody can maintain a Black Bomber or a Superhawk. Anybody. It's the universal motorcycle. It's the universal standard of motorcycle. You don't need any special tools to maintain a Superhawk. You only need the toolkit provided with it and the it. owner's manual, which explains everything from right. adjusting the valve. You don't need a service manual for the Superhawk. The points, anything you need to do to the bike, you can do with the, the toolkit owner's and the owner's manual. manual. has every bit of maintenance you'll ever need to know in the fucking owner's manual because that's the way Honda looked at things yeah. back then. If you're going to sell that motorcycle for $3,000, well, <clears throat> let's think. In this area, that's like, oh, but I, I really feel like somebody on the West Coast yeah. would be elated to be able to find that bike for that price. And pay yeah, you, or and then pay, you know, Denver James to come out here and pick it up for 600 bucks, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, and I, have, I wouldn't say that that's a flying and ride at home bike, but no, mm -mm. people have done it. I mean, uh, the, uh, yeah. you know, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Repair, that was supposedly a Superhawk. That's a Superhawk. They, Absolutely. They rode all over the country. I mean, the goddamn the magazine, like the book that everyone's it was like. A BMW. No, no. It he was. worked on BMWs. He worked on BMWs, but he, he himself, He himself had a Superhawk. Yeah. I, I can mean, never get through that book. After we went nuts, I couldn't book. read it. Yeah, it's a tough I book. I mean, uh, but the point is, that is a seminal book of the motorcycle culture, is Zen and the Art of Motorcycle. And that's all about the guy that had a Superhawk. Mm. And. It's just Superhawks exude cool. You're asking $3,000, and you've asked $3,000 on this podcast before. Yeah. yeah. And yet the phone didn't ring. <clears throat> no, it's so, ringing off the fucking hook. I just, uh, <laughs> just doesn't answer it. No, no, they just never come through. They don't even give me the, the I deposit. haven't watched Superco, but I believe the Superhawk was also featured yes, in Superco. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Steve McQueen bike. He loved the Superhawk. Uh, Elvis had one in Roustabout. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the bike's... Wasn't that what uh, Danny DeVito rode one what did, in? Uh, what did uh, <laughs> you fucker? <laughs> I just got the weirdest. See, I got the I, weirdest. Yeah. Visually, he turned around. Yeah, he I just saw the, the penguin yeah, no. riding a <laughs> super hawk. 
Elvis had uh, the Godfather. Who played the Godfather? Oh, uh, uh, Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando. Yeah. I almost want to think. Let me look. Look on your machine. Look in your machine. What were you saying, Steve? In Viva Las Vegas, mm -hmm. Ann Margaret yeah. wrote a, a Super Cub. Yes, she did. Yeah, she wrote a Super Cub. That's a. Uh, I think that if we're going to sell a bike, and we're going to sell a bike for $3,000, and it's perfect. Uh, I'm good. The. Uh, in our, like, for our podcast, the Honda Superhawk is, like, the patron saint bike of our podcast. I think everybody that's in our podcast would agree it's a fun, enjoyable bike that we love to work on, we love to ride. And it looks cool. It's it cool looks looking. fucking yeah. cool. Yeah. And his has, got the, his has got the fucking flat bars and the rear sets, like, all that kick-ass Honda shit from, like, day one. I thought Marlon Brando rode a Superhawk in one of the movies. I wouldn't doubt it, mm. but, I mean... The, the, the thing is, like, a triumph in, uh, that's a cool bike. In that biker movie, didn't he? Well, here he is on well, the, a uh, yeah, bike where they go yeah. to that town and yeah, they bust things yeah. Wild ones. Yeah. 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 The, uh, but, so, so yeah, I mean, you've got... Uh, Bronson? Long came, Long came Bronson. Long yeah, he didn't ride a Superhawk, but... Steve McQueen on a Superhawk. Uh, Steve McQueen on a Superhawk. It's one of my favorite pictures ever. Because yeah. Steve McQueen, man, and there's another picture with him <laughs> and a... No, no, I mean, Steve McQueen, there's plenty of pictures of Steve McQueen. There's another picture of Steve McQueen with an impossibly gorgeous woman mm. on the back of a Superhawk. And, and you can tell that when the photo was taken, Steve McQueen saw the guy with a camera. It was just like, take my picture, but you'll never be this cool. Because Steve McQueen didn't really like the whole popularity of he being... He was too like, cool to be... Cool. Be cool. He was happy. <laughs> no, he was too cool to be perceived as being cool. And if you read anything, he put a he bought a camper and put a camper out in the goddamn desert, and spent his time out there riding motorcycles out in the desert nice. because it was too far away for the paparazzi or anybody to go out and fuck with right. him. So he could just ride around, shoot shit, and ride his bike, because he'd rather do that and count his money. Than to deal with jagoffs in town. There's something about desert that's kind of cool. Like uh, yeah. Kevin right now mm -hmm. just took okay, so he took a MotoQuest bike, which they rent bikes out. So he's just basically took a brand new BMW mm -hmm. and he's ferrying it somewhere down to Glamis. Okay. So, but then he has a buddy who's got a sand rail. Okay. So they're gonna pay to fly him back to LA yeah. or whatever. So he, he rode the bike down there yeah. with his buddy. Then now he's out in the desert riding around in a sand rail with an LS6 motor in it or whatever. Yeah! And yeah. I'm like, man, that's pretty cool. Out a there. lot of my West Coast friends are desert rats on yeah. the weekend. Yeah. Hell yeah! You know, and Royer and like all yeah. those people that are just like... Scott and Summer and yeah. Robot, all those guys. There's just, just they yeah, got a real feral streak to oh, it. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, if you scratch the surface, you'll be like, oh shit, you got a streak of weird in you. Like, yeah. they're not... They they're, love it. They're never too far from throwing like paint cans or propane cans into yeah. a fire. And just being like, shh, this is going to cook off in a few seconds. It's going to be awesome. And then somebody, <laughs> like, loses, shit out the desert, and then somebody yeah. loses an ear. And they're like, remember that time he lost yeah. an ear because we threw a propane tank in the fire? <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, that was so cool. And, yeah, and when I met, the first time I ever met those people, I was like, Jesus Christ, the these are relatively yeah. normal people that have normal lives yeah. until you realize, and you know who I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. They mm -hmm. all have, and it's not these Burning Man fucking nah, Camaro no, no, ass no, 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 no. It's dudes who are like straight up, we're going to roam, we're just going to wander <laughs> out in the fucking desert, dig a hole, bury some shit, and then have a big fire and do wheelies. Yeah. 
until we fall down from exhaustion and awesomeness. Yeah. And then we're going to wake up in the morning and have food. And they're all, every single one oh, of yeah. them is an interesting person. Like, I've never met one of these cats and been like, well, you know, clearly life's getting the better of these assholes. No. <laughs> and it's a lot of fun. I've been with them. And, and, and it's meet... fucking amazing. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. The one dude, is, like his nickname, his, like, his, his, his Wonder Twin name is Wheelie King. Wonder yeah, I know, I know what you were going to say. <laughs> His Wonder Twin name is Wheelie King. I've Fucking seen this guy do shit with a Vespa <laughs> that Evil Knievel couldn't do with a prepare, yeah. properly prepared motorcycle. But he's also, you know, we said, we've described yeah. him as a feral, a feral desert dweller. Yeah. Like he is not really supposed to be around people a lot. Not quite civil. <laughs> not quite fully civilized. He's one of my absolute yeah. favorite people yeah. to be around. Like, it, and you do understand, all the people that consider him to be a friend, all realize that he is a desert rat. Yeah. Like, he is better accustomed to being in the desert. I've seen him go up a hill with a P two hundred, where guys with an enduro yeah. and, a, and a motocross Sw- bike they swimmer. could not Couldn't go make. halfway through. Yeah. Uphill, yeah. and he's gone all the way to the top with a, with a P2 scooter. With a fucking scooter. Yeah. Tabletops. Yeah. The guy's doing tabletops, throwing airborne tabletops that motocross guys can't possibly do. Right. And he's doing it on a borrowed P200. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's never, yeah. He never has any. Because <laughs> why fucking not? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's yeah. this guy. Like He's not afraid to send it. Yeah. Yes. He knows how to. He knows how to. Yeah. And it is. And that's kind of a. He commits. He does. He does commit. But he's also. Anytime I see him, I just get a giant smile on my face. (laughs) Uh, He banged. We were sleeping in a robot's house. We're sleeping in the front room, and you know, you get the knock on the door. And like, you know, like really fucking early for people who drink like we do, like eight a.m. or something. And uh, this guy's banging on the door, and we're like, "What the fuck is that noise?" Jesus Christ, you know, you know we're on vacation, you know we're yeah. drinking till 3 a.m., yeah. and we're at Robot's house, which should automatically mean we're drunken. Shenanigans. Right, shenanigans, yeah. right. And this, do, 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 and I look out the window, and I'm like, I think that's Keith. Yeah. <laughs> what warrior. the fuck? Why is he awake at 8 a.m.? There's something wrong with this scenario. But, of course, what happens? You invite him in, you have breakfast, you talk, you drink a beer, and Keep you're just like, yeah. this is a desert rat. <laughs> like, this is a dude that just shows up when you don't expect it. Uh, Pickle and beer burps are just weird. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I love this and I hate it. So I think you're right. Yeah, we should sell Chris's bike to the podcast. You're not selling anything, are you? Not at this point, no. No, he's pretty set. I'm, 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 I'm good. You got anything you can't get rid of? I never saw any herpes. <laughs> Clats. No, I dude, I did some deceptive shit the you other day. Motorcycle clap. I fucked Hoffert over in a big way, and he didn't even know about it. Oh no! I Fair fucked himself. him over hard. He doesn't even know it, but I bought the fire truck. An SYM RV two fifty. You did? I did. I bought one. And I sold it. Oh, man. So I bought it and sold it, and I was so happy he never came in. Because I would have sold it to him for much less money than I sold it for. That's all right. I don't need another one. You don't need another one. But yeah, that thing thing came in, and we paid short money for it. It was a good one. And uh, we paid short money for it, and we made made a grand in the process. Nice. But it wasn't here for five days. 
Because that's a desire. That's a bike people like to buy. Well, you could have called Steve in five days and told him it was here. You know what? You know why? I would not have been able to sell it to him for the same money I sold it to that guy for. Mm. I just couldn't have done it. I would have given him the Steve, friends and family fucked. deal. That's all right. I would have given <laughs> him the friends and money. family deal. But he's also got plenty of them. Yeah. And I was like, I want to make some cake on this thing. I want to. <laughs> I want to be proud when I tell people the deal I turned on this bike. So that's one of the bikes that you know you're not going to have an issue yeah. turning it around and just no, getting out of the street. One, I'm going to buy it. I mean, Five goddamn days! So. I mean, that's literally, pretty, that's it came good. in on a Saturday and I sold it on a Friday. So what are the bikes uh, you're going to sell, though? Because the, we spoke about last week yeah. where the lower-end bikes, mm -hmm. 5,000 and 5 below, is, is the magic wheelhouse. 5K is the magic number. So give us some more bikes that are thick on the ground that you want to bring in and turnover well i think the real trick is being able to identify the bikes that um, are popular among people who actually spend money so there's the bikes that people think they want to buy and then there's the bikes that actually get bought and you yeah. have to then start to exclude yourself from the field you have to say i might be too much of a curmudgeon or I might be too much of a pervert, or I might be too much of a fucking prima donna. Or all the above. Or all the above. So I might think that the best-selling bike would be an SV650 for $4,200. The reality is the best-selling bike might be so a Suzuki Boulevard <laughs> C50 800 fuel-injected cruiser. Under five? I don't know. The cruiser yeah. market, a lot of bang for the buck. I mean, there's yeah. some there's some of those bikes that are just amazing so Oliver, for how much you would pay for Okay, uh, you met Oliver at the show. I did, yeah. Okay, so Oliver took the M yeah. MSF course, Yep. and he was riding on the, a Rebel. Yes. And they have, like, Rebels and some other, yep. you know, looks. TU-250, I'm sorry, TU-250s, um, GZ-250s. Uh, which is a cruiser Suzuki Bay mate. They have the Rebel 250s, and then they usually have some sort of a, a, a semi-dirt bike. Right, so this, yeah. okay, so the guy at work has a, had a CBR 500 he bought new. Mm -hmm. CB, uh, I don't know if it was an F or an X. Yeah, it was an X. Not that far but, apart. Yeah. But uh, Oliver bought that bike because the guy gave him a good deal on it. So he bought a CBR 500 X. X, yeah. yeah. And gently so used. He, yeah, yeah, gently used, low mileage, very good it? shape. It was uh, three grand. Fuel injected. Fuck yeah, man. Four thousand miles all day long. Four thousand miles on it. Bye, 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 bye. Yes, so buy that shit all day long. He gets on that bike, yeah. and he was riding that two fifty, and yeah. he wanted a small bike. He gets on that bike, and he said, "Oh my God, the upright." Seating position is mm -hmm. just so much better, and my feet. I mean, I really yeah. like this. Yeah. I really like my feet underneath, underneath me, me instead yeah. of in front of me. Yep, yep. So when these kids start riding bikes, I mean, <laughs> they're going to get exposed to that. That course to get exposed to that. Yep. But until they really see the all the positions that they could ride in, yep. and once they get into a standard position, I think half these guys are going to say, "Why the hell would I want anything but a standard position?" That's right. And just like when we said Walmart earlier, Chris had a visceral reaction to that. When we said Walmart, you said, fuck Walmart, right? Yep. But Walmart's making billions of dollars. Yep. And I say, fuck a goddamn hot, uh, Suzuki C50 Boulevard. That bike is a goddamn imposter. Mm -hmm. It's a fucking fake-ass bullshit Harley, 
you know, wannabe FLH yeah. wannabe, right? That thing, I mean, I despise all of the fake metric cruisers. If you ever want me right. to say something nice about Harley Davidson, put me in the room with an imitation Harley Davidson. Because I, <laughs> I don't love a Harley until you're putting me in a room with an imitation. You change your Harley. focus into that. And then I'm like, fuck that imitation Harley. Yeah. I'd rather have the real deal and all of its warts than to have an imitation of it that is better engineered and better in every possible way. Harley Davidson's killing the motorcycle industry. That's all I want to say. And that's I fair. Totally agree. And that's absolutely fair. In this country, they are, they have infected a large portion of the market. With this sort of... You ain't riding a Harley, you ain't shit. It ain't shit. Yeah. And well, if it ain't what? a Harley... A lot of kids can't afford to buy a shit. brand new fucking Harley. Well, and a lot of kids... Or even a used Harley. Or it's too much bike. It's not the bike you should start riding. And the no. kid down the street from me, his only experience with Harley Davidson is the asshole, 350-pound, drunk, bullshit, out of jail this week, good for him so he can beat on his wife, who rides a Harley Davidson. Yeah. Harley Davidson. That's the guy with the Harley Davidson. They have tattoo. always sold the image, right? And that image is worth shit right now, and nobody gives a crap, especially yeah. the new millennials and all that, the new gen that they're not buying shit to begin with. Right. That image is not worth anything. How many Harley Davidson T-shirts do you own, Chris? Uh, none. Exactly. Right. Yet, how many motorcycles do you own? More than none. Well, a lot more than none, right? <laughs> so you own four bikes now. Six. Six bikes. I'm sorry. Holy cow. Ooh. What? How many Harleys do you have in those? Zero. Six. Six. No, right? There you go. No, no Harleys. Right. Well, you know, of all the fooler bikes, I think I know somebody here who just said he doesn't like fake Harley Davidsons right. who would be more than happy owning a Kawasaki Drifter. Exactly. You know it. <laughs> and I, fuck, I actually love the Drifter. Like, the Drifter to me, <laughs> but that's not a fake Harley. It's a fake Indian. It's a fake Indian. <laughs> it's a fake Indian. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think fake Harley. <laughs> Different story. I love these a fake Indian. I'll take, yeah, I'll take it really a fake Indian if Indian really didn't exist at that time making bikes and like that. To me, the drifter was an artistic so expression. Real, yeah. yeah, does it count? Oh, it's, it's a, it's a, I don't think it's a fake Indian. I think yeah. it's a, and I good honestly, It is. It's a fake Indian. And, and it's a fake you know, Indian. You, you know how you, I, I can tell you why? Because I followed the uh, Kawasaki Drifter Owners Group on. Uh, on Facebook. Oh, wow. All these guys can talk about is how they get the Indian headlight on their... Oh, oh, no. Indian decals and the Indian headlight, and you'll fool 99% of the people. They just dress them up, and I'm thinking, you guys are such douchebags. Appreciate the bike for what it is. That's my point. Keep it stuck. Yeah, don't take all the right. gingerbread yeah. off it. Appreciate so, the fact that it is... It's a cheap headlight. Right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Appreciate the fact that it is a Kawasaki Vulcan. Yeah. Appreciate the fact that it is a Vulcan Drifter. And the balls that it took Kawasaki to make the bike, yep. and to and to say, guess what? Everyone else in the whole industry is turning right and following Harley Davidson. We're going to turn left and make an uh, Indian trip, yeah. right? Because at the time, Indian wasn't being manufactured. If they only made an inline four, I'd buy one in a second. Well, you know, um, that's I, what I, I've been saying. That I want the inline six. I wanted to build a Cleveland Six yes, for that bike build-off yeah, thing yeah, that we were talking about. Cleveland's like this, okay. Six yeah, yeah. cylinders right down between straight your legs. That <laughs> would be awesome. Straight six motor. And you'd have an yeah. exhaust yeah, manifold with this bike coming out this side nice. and six carburetors oh, yeah. coming out oh, this shit. side. Oh, shit. Hold on, guys. Chris has an update on the Goldwing, Ooh. formerly deceased Goldwing. What so, year is it? 08. Right, we knew yeah. that. Okay. So it's an 08. Which? 7,000 miles. Okay, and which one of the Goldwings is it? Is it an interstate? Is it a regular GL 
Um, it's a GL18. Wait. No, it has to be a 15, doesn't it? Well, if it's an 08. God damn it, Chris. <laughs> Settle down, settle. Oh, wait. Settle the fuck down. It is a... Is it an 18 or a 15? It's an 18. It is an 18. Okay, thanks. Yeah, I wasn't Christian sure. audience, I, I, yeah, I wasn't apologize. Sure. 2002 was the first year of the... <laughs> I think 2002 was the first year of the... first year of the 1800s. Oh, my God, I'm getting old. Pretty sure. You know, you're right, because that was the year that we... Yeah, that was the first year I rode one, the yellow one. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, the yellow one. The yellow one. It's going to be yellow again, like... 10 years or 15 yeah, years Yeah, the yellow one was the first year. That was the first one I rode, and it scared the piss out of me. I think it was great. The first yeah, so 2008 Honda Goldwing model. GL18. GL18 yeah. HP. I don't know. Right, right in there. I don't have my glasses. Uh, there you go. GL18 HP NM8. So okay. 7,000 miles. 7,000 miles. Right. It started up. Yeah, good. So the batteries... And they got the key. Fantastic. And they got one more payment to the credit union. God. Well, hey, uh, hey. well, one, yeah. one, and then, and right. then she'll get the title. Mm -hmm. And then uh, transfer it into her name. Yeah. She's the executor of the estate, so yeah. she should be able to do yeah. that. So, okay, so that makes for actually a fantastic eBay ad. Hi. I'm so-and-so. My husband passed Just away. Yeah. This was his dream bike. You could get guys fighting over that bike. He's like, you know, this is a cream puff. It's sitting it's out 8, in the garage. It's 8,000 miles. It's this 7,000, yeah. 7,000 miles? Adult-ridden. Yeah. You know, okay. When yeah. are driving down there? When are we going to go get it? Tomorrow. We'll it meets it. all my sure. criteria. <laughs> hey, dude, that is, that's straight up. And normally, there's nobody in this room that would ever tell you harder not to buy. In my mm. opinion, I would buy that. anything after well, 78. It's what a fair price plus some. I would want a good deal, but at a fair price. Well, yeah. yeah. We're not trying to rape the widow. Yeah. No, I, no, that's yeah, the point. You don't, you don't yeah, want to be a I, I can't be involved with that. Yeah, the situation is kind of right. I've got to be hands off. But the point is, had it been a 2011, I wouldn't have been interested. Okay. I'm sorry. Had it been a 2001, I wouldn't have been interested. Had it been a 92, I wouldn't have been interested. Had it been an 81, I wouldn't have been interested. The only way I'm going to be interested is if it's a 75, a 76, a 77, and a 78, arguably... I like in, the, the little gauges on the tank. Yes. Those arguably, cool. in my opinion, 78 might They're be... square, though, but the tank is ugly. Yeah. 78 might be the last... Some people... I mean, uh, there's a good argument for saying the 78 was the greatest Goldwing ever built. That same argument says that the 79 w was fuck you. Right, we we blew it in '79. I think I prefer this. I per, I prefer the KO one too. Me personally, yeah. But Seven, the earliest ones had a had a Model T starter. Yes, they did. <laughs> yes, they did. Uh, but to me, a seventy eight is the last yeah, year I'm even into the game. Seventy eight. When it comes to Goldwings and people that that are Goldwing purists, I'm going to get a lot of shit from you guys right now. Because they'll extol the virtues of the, the early 80s bikes and stuff like that. I know Steve has a new... to Goldwing. Right. I know... There's that every iteration of yeah. Goldwing. Yeah. And they were improved, except the 1500s I don't like because they're just pigs. Right. No, it's a big, they heavy are. motor, and it doesn't go anywhere. No, and yeah. it gets horrible gas mounts. You right. had the 1200s that got... 45, yeah. you can push 50 out of them. Mm -hmm. You got a 1,535. 32 miles per gallon. Yeah, best I could ever hope to see out of a 1,500. And they handle like they wallow. It's like The only thing the 1,500 had going for it was it had reverse. <laughs> 
So reverse um, showed up. Yeah. The reverse showed up, and everybody's like, it's got reverse! But then you get I don't need to take my wife with me anymore. The 1800s are nice. The 1800s are fantastic. And if you could pull the trunk, I mean, I like, in the F6Bs to me, yeah. were the, I mean, I don't like the trunk on the back. I would, if I have bags, I will I probably someday own an F6B, and that statement is probably going to come to fruition sooner than anybody expects. Like, within the next year or two, I may own an F6B. I like those. And yeah, right. And they're super balanced. They're just, they look good. They. And I don't even, like, and that's the point, is, like, that is literally a 60-year-old guy with a, vi- with a carbon fiber Viagra heart on, is what an <laughs> F6B is. Well, and, you know, right. this is what my wife said to me. I went, we went to the car show. She's like, what car do you want to buy here? I'm like, I want to get an Avalon Hybrid. <laughs> and she's like, you're an old guy. You're an old guy. I'm, I'm going to go to the, the, you know, whatever. I'm going to pick up an 18-year-old. I'm going to go like, hang out around the <laughs> I don't care anymore. I want to be comfortable. I mean, I, I drive around my brother's E300. Right. And the thing is like, oh, my God, this is so sweet. And yet it's a and German it's like, taxi cab. Right. 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 The, best, so the best Mercedes better. ever. A German taxi yeah. cab. <laughs> That's it. And what does it do? Everything okay. Yeah. Yeah. It does everything I all mean, right. It's like a Ford. Yeah. Here. I drive a Buick Saber sometimes, and I sit there the whole time driving it going, it's all right. <laughs> I, dro- I delivered some bikes down to Columbus the other day, and I had the option of taking my pickup truck, you know, Toyota Tundra pickup truck, throwing the bikes in the back of it, everything else, or throwing the bikes on the Kendon and taking the Buick and getting 25 miles per gallon. And I was like, heated seats, leather. Plush as fuck. Nice sound system. I Great guess. sound system. You can't hear the road. And just punch the cruise control at 75 with the cannon on the back and just go to Columbus at 75 miles an hour in a, in a sensory deprivation chamber. Take a couple quaaludes. <laughs> no, I did, dude, I did so much Facebook and like updated so many internet things. But isn't it sad? So my most comfortable car now is my Tundra. Right, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> the rest of my cars are pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah, I drive it. I also have, an, I have a 2000 Tundra. And my 18-year-old Tundra with 250,000 miles on, That's I bought from a guy named Chewy in San Diego. <laughs> with no title. Um, like, that truck is, it's still, that thing out there, I would drive it to San Diego right now, no questions asked. Find Smooth as silk. I mean, I, I like mine. It's just rusting them. And mine is not rusting because it yeah. came from San Diego, and I immediately start before I even exposed it to Cleveland, I fluid filmed it. I was like, nice. we're entering Ohio, fluid filming. <laughs> Just made it drip underneath. But, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's cool. I mean, that idea of what kind of bikes would I bring into the shop? What am I going to put in here that people are going to be desired? Yeah, of? yeah. yeah I'm going to bring in... Um, let's see. What do what do people buy? Well, they buy Triumph Bonnevilles. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm not going to bring anything in here that's not fuel injected. You're going to twist my arm real hard to bring in a carbureted motorcycle. But mm-hmm. I'll bring in Bonnevilles. I'll bring in CBRs that are 2004s and newer. You know, so they're fuel injected. Uh, CBR makes a fine bike. You know, a CBR 600 F4i is a really good motorcycle. Um, NM1. And it, sure, right? Yeah, I can bring in some. I can bring in some BMW, some F series bikes. F series bikes will sell. Yep, people will buy F series bikes, and they're good. They're good, solid bikes, and you can sell them for under five grand. I think you could sell the like uh, the like the ninja like the ninjas. The, oh Jesus I Christ! Mean, you could sell those all day long. What about getting versus? 
Right, Versus. 650 Ninja. Versus is a beautiful bike, and I can buy those all day long and sell those at under 5K. $3,000 uh, CB500 mm-hmm. Xs sound great, too. It's another great bike. It's a bike that we sell consistently. On to Shadow 1100s. Even though they're not fuel-injected, it's still a How solid bike. How do you feel about defunct brands like Buell Don't and touch or, it. or Victory? Fuck that. Okay. Fuck mm. that. Do you not get them for a screaming deal. You don't let that happen to you. Look, I know so many people that got so excited when they saw Buell go out of business, and they were like, "Dude, I'm going to buy a 1125 CR or whatever. Cheap. They're selling them for seven grand for a brand new Buell, top of the line. Great. That is not a low maintenance vehicle. Yeah, how are you going to maintenance? Plus, the engine is not compatible with anything. Right. Right. It's compatible with fuck all. <laughs> Nobody can work on it. The nobody's going to help you with parts. Right. If you need a goddamn part, you better know a machinist. If Try you to buy an oil filter, dude, fucking tip it over in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Try to buy a clutch lever. Try to buy a clutch lever. Try to buy a fucking shifter. Le- you know, try to buy a foot shifter. Try to buy a peg. Like, tip it over in the parking lot. How about bandits? FZ01s. Good. Oh man, good bikes. Mm-hmm. Solid bikes. Per- perpetually sellable. The other day, I've got you know. I don't know if you guys remember. I bought a red bandit last year that we built into a, a wheelie bike. So I got this bike. We did the full Dale Walker kit on it. Um, it's, a, it's a 2000 Bandit, so it's 18 years old. It's a red frame and a red bike, and it basically should have come with an ARP sticker, right? I mean, this is what every old white guy rides who used to be awesome in his day. Now, all the motor journalists in the early 2000s, you asked them what bikes they, they actually owned. They were like, I got a Bandit, and the other guys would say, I got a Concourse. So you had basically two flavors, like the moto journalists who could ride anything in the world, they either had Bandits or they had Concourses. If they had Bandits, they liked to do wheelies. If they had Concourses, they liked to eat up the miles. Those were the two bikes those dudes had. And I got a Bandit for $800. Yeah. And I put... You know, 600, 700 bucks worth of Dale Walker shit into it. And it is fierce. And it came with a Yoshimura pipe already on it. So oh, I'm halfway yeah, there. Yeah, and it came yeah, with case guards yeah. and like crash bars and shit already on it. Bike. Yeah. yeah. Came with a brand new Shinko rear tire that will be smoked off with little hesitation. But the point being, I wanted to build a fun wheelie bike, a fun bike yeah, to hooligan yeah. around on. And for that money, you can't beat it. I'm riding it around in the parking lot the other day. You know, like on Monday, I'm in picking up and delivering bikes, and it's still cold as fuck. I mean, mm. don't let it fool you. There's still it's snow sunny, on the ground. It's clear. We don't. We have a little bit. Of, there's snow piles, but there's we snow, don't. Yeah. We yeah. haven't had a recent like it's some places have had. Still thirties, right? Still it's a lot still, of salt on the road too. Fuck yeah, there is. Yeah. And so I'm in the parking lot riding this thing around, cleaning out because there's still four carburetors on this fucking dinosaur. Yeah. And you know, you gotta, it takes a half an hour to wake two of them up. And so, you know, <laughs> I put a fresh tank of gas in, and I'm just out, like, coaxing it in a circle to wait for the other two carburetors to remember their carburetors again. Fuck CV carbs. And I hate CV carbs. Yeah, it's like, it's a freaking horrible design. But anyway, one molecule of anything gets in there, and nothing You're looks fine. right. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm doing circles, blah, 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 blah. And I probably had six motherfuckers stop and be like, is that a bandit? Mm, yes, it's a bandit. It's a completely stupid... It's literally painted Oldsmobilic Burgundy, (laughs) including the frame. Like, this is a bad idea painted with a bad color, wrapped in a bad idea, sold to old men with old technology, even with its six-pot calipers. 
You know, it's six pot calipers. It's kick ass, but it's old man kick ass. Twelve hundred cc's. Twelve hundred cc's and twelve hundred cc's of the dumbest horsepowers that have ever reached a motorcycle <laughs> ever. So, what kind of technology does this bike have? Rock and stick. <laughs> I mean, it has womp. <laughs> it's ex- what does it fire do? Fire and air, probably. What's that? Fire and air. Yeah, it's fire and air technology. It is the equivalent of saying, "I just need a bigger hammer." That's all this motorcycle is. And doing circles in the parking lot. I had four or five people stop and try to buy the bike. And I was like... Sold America. I was like... Pull your ass the in. The dude was like, what do you want for that? And I was like, 2500 Why not double my money right now? Yeah. I'm into this four thing. Four give you the deposit. Right. And the dude was like... The guy was like, really? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, that's a Bandit 1200 right? And I'm like... Well, yeah, because Bandit... Not a 400. I was like, because it ain't a 4 or a 6. They didn't, make it, they didn't make an 11, so, right? It would have to be a Bandit 12. It is what it is. But this guy was like, oh, those are great. I got to go home and ask my wife. And as I told him, I was like, yeah, dude, come back, come back with the money. I'll sell you the bike. It's fine. And, you know, obviously the fucker never showed back up again, but, you know... If I could sell it now, it just saves me putting a stupid sprocket on it and changing it and ruining the bike further. But the, uh, but, so yeah, bandits, absolutely. You know, um, any kind of a Yamaha, any kind of a, you know, FZ of any sort, um, of course, there's plenty of good bikes for under $5,000 that I can buy. Well, that's the thing, too, is we have learned, even those, my God, you know, like, there's so many V-Star 650s. So many of them! Mm-hmm. And we joke around here that the, the official vehicles of the lesbianic community are the Ford Ranger, the Subaru, <laughs> Subaru. and the V-Star. <laughs> you know? So if you've got a V-Star 650, you've got a Ford Ranger, you've got a Subaru, <laughs> you're a friend of Dorothy. You know, there's no better way to put it. This is, yeah, this is going to be the prime scissor transportation vehicle of the planet. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Not, right, not a lot of... hand gestures going on. Not a lot of Trump supporters riding around on their V-Star 650s, you know? And that's true. And, but that's also, we've sold the shit out of those bikes. Every time one comes in, it's here for like four days. Because somebody comes in, they want a good entry-level motorcycle that isn't a Honda Rebel, that they can have like a real vibrating V-twin between their legs. Mm. Well, there it is, and it's, you know, under $5,000. Rock on. You know, go have fun. And they are good bikes. There's really nothing wrong with them. What you got, got? Well, yeah. And, and I will say, I don't think I have ever sold a v, uh, V-Star 650 to a heterosexual male. <laughs> and that's saying something, because I'm going to mm. bet you I've sold about 20 of them. <laughs> but I don't think I've ever sold one to a heterosexual male. <laughs> and I'm sure Subaru Just dealers and Ford Ranger dealers get the same way. Yeah. <laughs> are we still recording? Yeah, I'm sure we are. I hope we are. I don't know. I haven't checked in a while. But yeah, so I don't know. What would you think? What would you think would be a good thing? Anybody have an opinion? Like, what would be the awesome thing to see in the shop? I want the shop to be interesting. I, want, I wish I you could find them Enduros. Du- that's what I was yeah, just going to yeah, say, Enduros. Yeah. But you don't find them cheap. Everybody still wants But you like, think that Cleveland is a good market for Enduros in general? You know what? Because of the potholes. No, of course not. Because it's like running on a, in a third world country. <laughs> <laughs> do you know why I don't want to do Enduros? 
tell us, Phil, why don't you want to do Enduros? Because <laughs> every shop I know of in Cleveland that does Enduros has been broken into and had those Enduros sold. Mm. And I, gotta ha I hate to say it. Yeah. Beef magnets. I hate to say it out yeah. loud. That's the Honda Accord of motorcycles. It could yeah, be. Exactly. Yep. It could be. Yeah. The only time, the only time I've ever been broken into, properly broken into, in the past ten years, was clearly I was broken into to steal the only dirt bike in the whole shop they could steal. They could see. Hmm. The door was broken. They had made entrance into the building, and they had taken a, the zero dirt bike with the knobbies on it, and they had gotten it 40 feet from where it was to the door. And it's something, something happened to scare them off. And I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, something happened at 2 o'clock in the morning to scare them off, or at 1 o'clock in the morning to scare them off, because they went to the trouble of breaking my window. They went to the trouble of activating the alarm system. They went to the trouble of ignoring the sirens as they came into the building, and they went to the trouble of moving the bike... 40-some feet, and then they fucked off. Here's my theory. Yeah. Does the alarm go off when you break the window yep. or when you open the door? Both. Both. Okay. Yeah. Both. I was going to say maybe Does they broke call? the window, but that's Does it call out? It calls out within minutes. Well, I thought of the maybe alarm like they broke the window, they went in, but yeah. then when they went to get out, they decided to unlock and try to open no, the door. No, they got the other alarm. There's, there are glass break sensors all over in okay. here. Okay. And, so the, and I did check out. Shh. Don't put this on the Yep. No, actually, I'd be happy to put it out. Well, this yeah. fucking place yeah. is locked the fuck down. It is. And cameras we, everywhere. We have eight cameras in here, yeah. too. So we have eight cameras in here, and we have a very good alarm system that has a cell phone backup. And two rabid pit bulls. Well, one rabid... <laughs> what is that? Airedale? <laughs> well, they have cameras inside and outside. We get spotted every time that we come ridge in. Line. Yeah. We have a Rhodesian Ridgeline. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new dog. It's a new dog from Honda. A Rhodesian red. Yeah. No, Rhodesian we have, we have, we have, line, they, they bred those to hunt lions. Oh, did they? Yeah, in Rhodesian. Ridge, in Rhodesian yeah. Ridgeback. Yeah. Yeah. Ridgeback. 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 You were saying Ridgeline. I kept, oh, yeah. I kept picturing a Honda crossover. <laughs> the, uh, we, we, do have a, we do have an Airedale here from time to time that will bite oh, you yeah. in the crotch. Oh, yeah. And it thinks it's fun. Like, it thinks it's cool to bite <laughs> you in the crotch. Oh, yeah, yeah, More yeah, in yeah. the butthole. Yeah, it's a butthole biter. Head, head butts your butthole. It's fucking weird, man. You don't yeah. you don't pay attention to the dog. It will bite your butthole, and like not your butt cheek. It bites straight at your butthole. Well, it gets you gotta up in fight there. back with the little. It gets up in there. Yeah. I've never had a dog like. I'm. It's Eddie's dog. And yeah. It's, a, it's yeah. a beautiful dog. You got a yeah. foof on it. Oh my fucking god! But you can't. You're so shocked. The just, first, the natural reaction is your you? butt goes into full prison lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's like the dog just, I don't know. I've never had that experience with a dog before. And it's an Airedale, so it's not yeah. a little dog. No. It's a good, bigly dog. I mean, it's a good-sized dog. Yeah, it's bigly big, bigly variety. <laughs> we figured it. But, yeah, the glass brake sensor went off first. Okay. The glass brake sensor went off first. Then the motion sensor went off, which, of course, alerted the alarm system company. They called me. They said, do you want us to call the police? I said, you bet your ass call the police. When you so they the call the police. There's a, there's a, a tone that's going on. Yeah, it's a 148 yeah. decibel siren that goes off in this right. building. I know what the problem was. Yeah. It went in the refrigerator, and there were IPAs <laughs> and no, no malt liquor. No malt liquor at all. <laughs> ran. No. And, this guy. Right. And there was, there was nothing that they liked. They looked, at, they looked at the Dortmunder, and they looked at the uh, Christmas ale, and they went, fuck this guy. Uh, <laughs> We don't even want to steal from him. Well, <laughs> and 
He's not. He doesn't have enough money to buy. <laughs> had they taken oh yeah, enough money to well, buy a forty. <laughs> and had they taken the the old English eight hundred? Had they taken the four bikes that were by the door, they would have been gone. Mm. But they wandered around until they found the dirt bike. And now we've had shops on the east side got hit, and the only thing taken was dirt bikes. Dirt bikes yeah. And we've had shops on the east side get hit where the shop owner thought they were going to be smart and parked their side-by-sides, which are fourteen dollars or $15,000 a piece, parked their side-by-sides right against the doors in the front to prevent somebody from backing a truck through mm. the doors. You know what happened? They rammed it harder. So not only did they fuck the whole front of his building up, but they fucked up two $14,000 side-by-sides in the process. So, I wonder if you should so they could steal. Out there. What's that? Put bollards out there. It's not a bad idea to put parking bollards out there, but mm-hmm. it wouldn't have stopped the guys that literally threw a brick through my door. No, that's true. Mm. And I'm not going to put parking bollards so close that I can't walk a bike out. Right. Right. So, mm. Or even know. if it's offset. So that you right. could, again, you know. what bike would you steal from Phil? Well, the thing is, dirt bikes are light, and 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 they don't have a a defeat on the ignition. So, I mean, that's why you would steal them. The reason that we have the problem that we have in our society, in in Cleveland area right now, is it has become fashionable to do wheelies on dirt bikes. I call dibs on the grito. Right. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Dibs on the Grito. You're going to steal a bike. You got. You have time to steal one bike. What do you steal? The Grito is a good bet. Yeah. Of what's in the inventory right now, it's a real good idea to steal the Grito. Yeah. You're Simcoe. going to have the most. I'm taking the Simcoe. Take the Simcoe. <laughs> the Simcoe. <laughs> I take the DS with the big battery. And take the, the charge. B- yes. I was going to say one of the zeros. I would do that too. Yeah. Now the problem with the DS and the big battery is, I can shut your bike off with my phone. Oh, oh really? <laughs> <laughs> A, I, so if I ever get within Bluetooth range of your bike, I could yeah. technically shut it off. Well, let's see. The That's a lot of beef on the hoof. That's a lot of beef on the hoof. That's twenty-one and a half thousand dollars. That's a good one. To you steal. Can, but you know, it, the thing with stealing something, <laughs> it's gonna stick out like a sore thumb. So it's not, yeah, it's not right. It is a spot. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. It's hard to own it. It's hard to keep it but because I can see some people moving. I can sell that for like. Easy, quick, five grand, no title. Yeah, yeah, whatever. yeah. No title, no questions you asked. You want to ride it dirty? Yeah. And this yeah. is all you. You want to ride dirty? That's that's the bike. It is I stolen. Have. I'm just telling you. I'm letting you know right now. This is a stolen motorcycle. <laughs> for five thousand. for five grand, you can have it. Yeah, the uh, that is a good bike to walk out the door with. The Grizzo, though, you could probably hang on to it longer. Yeah. Like a little you more nondescript. You might yep. be able to get a little more joy ride out. You of You could get more joy ride out of it. Put a different plate on it. Cops not going to know what a Moto Guzzi looks like. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what would probably get stolen would be the SV650 because it looks like a crotch rocket, a crotch rocket mm-hmm. and it has all the right shit on it to be like it's a crotch rocket. But they wouldn't know that they got a bike that's worth about you know 2,500 bucks. They'd be further ahead stealing a Vespa well, you got from the job. financial standpoint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going for the zero still. I don't care. Right, go for the zero. Uh, Fuck it. Yeah. The Bluetooth. Well, that'd right. be great because then you could break it down. You'd have parts for Now that I know. Oh, yeah. Oh, Battery. You, you, yeah. yeah. you know the nice thing? Yeah. Nobody with a zero is going to even say a word if you sell, you know, the battery's four grand, right? Yeah. So if you sell the battery out of the zero, nobody's going to ask you if it's stolen. It's so, yeah. The zero parts are worth way more than the bike is, and nobody, nobody would even have the assumption that it was stolen right. because if you're touching a zero, your nerd factor is like nine. 
Fuck yeah. So you're already <laughs> completely like tape on your glasses. There's no way this guy's a hoodlum. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. hacking into nuclear power plants. The only reason the only reason this guy's selling the only reason this guy's selling a basket case taken apart zero is because he's used the other parts to build a better zero. <laughs> yeah, and that's your story too when you sell the shit. I'm like, I'm building some like real skunkworks project here, and this is all the shit I don't need. And people be like. I'll take that 116 foot pounds of torque motor. You bet your ass I will. Ship it. Yeah. Yeah, that would be the one to steal because you could part that thing out for way more money than any other bike in here. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Didn't, didn't think about that, but that makes perfect sense. Uh, I don't... Uh, yeah, I... For, for putting bikes into the shop, the shit that, you know, I... The problem is if I buy shit I like... Nobody else is going to buy well, it. Right, but you're smart enough, I mean, to buy things that are going to sell. So i got to play to the audience. Yeah, so that was, that was the, the genesis of the question. What, what would you stack in there? And you did yeah. say there's that Triumph dealer opening up down the road, so you would... That's an opportunity for me to definitely... To, to put some used Triumphs yeah. out on, on your lot, yeah. so when those people get down there and get sticker shocked to come back this way and say, oh, fuck, well, I Absolutely. can get one. Yeah, yeah but so, also to snag those bikes before they go there to say, hey... Yeah. If they come in here and look around, you could say... Do you know what's more important than controlling the new Triumph market? Controlling the used Triumph market. Yeah. Because <clears throat> in today's market, used is going to sell far better than new. Because everybody... Uh, there's a joke that I say. Oprah told me not to buy a new vehicle because they lose so much of their value in the first year. As soon as it goes out. Yeah. Right. And that's that thing. And I've had people tell me that here in the showroom. I don't want to buy that new bike. Do you have, do you have that same bike but in a demo unit? For $1,000 less. I have had bikes that I couldn't sell when they were new. A 2015, a two-year-old bike. I couldn't sell that motherfucker as a brand new bike with a two-year warranty. But the second I put on the ad that it was a demo unit, instantly people want to buy it. Because there's the perception of it's a value because I'm not selling it at MSRP. I'm selling it as a demo unit. And I, it doesn't change the fact that I would give you the same price or anything else. There's just that packaging, that idea of I'm not buying a new bike. I can't justify buying a new bike. But God damn it, if I'm buying a demo unit, I must be smart. It's a great deal. It's a great deal. Yeah. Right. It would be good if you could snag the trade-in business. Like, yeah. all the trade-in business. And somehow market it to people say, hey, take your bike in and see what they're going to give you for trade. They're so going to give you nothing. Last week so we did a thing... While you weren't here, we did a thing called RumbleOn.com, where yeah. it's an online resource where you literally tell them what bike you have, you you give them the VIN, and you take six pictures of it, <coughs> the pictures they tell you to take, you submit it to them, and they give you an offer, and they will pay you within 24 Fantastic hours. Fantastic offer. But the offer they're giving you is the biggest fuck you in the butthole offer you've ever heard on that... Um, 2011 Harley Davidson 883 Super Low that we have, which is a fair market value $4,800 bike, they gave us $2,000. $2,000? And they'll pick it up tomorrow. Yeah. Now, the thing is, that business wouldn't exist. It wouldn't be where it is right now unless people went, yeah, I'll do that. Okay. And there's also websites like Carvana. And, and you said stuff they had like 1,200 bikes in inventory. They had 1,200 bikes in inventory. <laughs> 
Now, of course, I just sent them pictures of my bike to get a quote of that bike. And it was immediately? Right. Even though they didn't own it, they said that it was pending and like they put it in their inventory. They already posted it. They already posted it as being an available Your unit. Your pictures that you right. took. Pictures, the pictures I took That's were posted. deceitful, though. Well, but, yeah. well, no, it's not because they would have eventually taken right. ownership of it. Right. No, 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 I mean, it is deceitful because the, the website said that it was already certified and verified. That was the point. And it was listed as sale pending. With, right. 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 Well, that, that that was true, but it still mm -hmm. said they was certified. Well, they said it was a certified already, unit. Was and a, they've a, never seen the bike. And they've never them. seen the whole thing. But it was certified because somebody at their company took five seconds to look at the six pictures I submitted. But that's what car dealerships do, too. Absolutely. You go on you go on there. When I was looking for a car for my yep. girls, you yep. go online yep. and you see these cars. And then they go, oh, well, you know, those are, we get these listings sent to us by mm -hmm. people. And, and we that put could them potentially up. be, that could be on the lot or it may not be on the lot. Right. Oh, and that car is just not here. Exactly. Yeah. And it's very common. It's In the automobile industry, it's a common practice to beef up my inventory by listing on my website all the cars that I have access to through my wholesaler. So when you show an express an interest and you give me a $500 deposit, then I call my guy. That's already out on a test drive. But I'll tell you what, give me a, like, give me a second. And I'll well, it's a, find something uh, similar. Dude, you find, give me a $500 like deposit. This? You give me a $500 deposit, and, and I'll send my porter over to the warehouse and pick it up. Which means I'll send my porter over to the wholesaler and pick that fucker up yeah. and I have bought things at those wholesalers before when you buy from a wholesaler that thing can be stored at their location for 30 days for free so you'll go in there and buy 10 vehicles or 100 vehicles or a thousand vehicles and you have 30 days you don't even have to pick them up so you can advertise them and list them and put them on eBay and in a perfect world scenario you sell it on eBay the shipper gets in touch with you. You send the shipper actually to the auction house. They pick it up at the auction house, and it goes off to the customer. You've never even had to be in the same room with the car or the motorcycle we're talking about. That's the way the system works. Don't expect that when you go to a car dealer or a motorcycle dealer's website and you see the motorcycle or the car you're interested in, don't expect that you can go on their property at 2 o'clock in the morning or 9 o'clock at night and see that car out there in the lot. That car might be in another state, you know, and that is the way things are working. And that's part of that just-in-time inventory mindset that we've gotten used to in an Internet-based society. You know, that's, that's the way it works. So it is tough because it makes buying something a little more difficult if you're a type of person that needs to see it, needs to sit on it, needs to take it for a test drive, needs to smell it before you buy it because there's Carvana, there's CarMax, there's all kinds of programs now that are based on this assumption that, well, they couldn't sell it to me if it wasn't safe. They don't care. Nobody <laughs> ever said that. Yeah. I assure you, they can sell you a toaster that will burn your fucking house down if you're dumb <laughs> enough to buy it. They can sell you a TV that will fuck off and blow up an hour after you plug it in. They can sell you a car that the brakes won't work and it will kill you if you're dumb enough to buy it. I mean, that's, that's just the society we live in. Because it is being sold is not in any sort of representation of quality. You know? Do you have any expectation of quality when you are buying the cheapest thing you can buy from Amazon?
You know, if you're buying something that is like, well, I need a thing to plug my cell phone into. I'm going to buy the $2 one on Amazon with the free shipping. And it gets but, there. But that's, but that's, not, a fair, that's, that's not a fair comparison because you're talking about cars right. being sold through a, a dealer. Right. And the dealers have to carry a certain amount of liability insurance. Absolutely. And so they're not going to say, hey, I'm selling this car. I haven't looked at it. Right. And the brakes don't work. They're, right. They they just can't fucking do that more than once because they they get sued out of existence. Well, and they I advertise like we have like a three yeah, point they, inspection yes, and all that shit. Exactly. But look, what I'm saying is, if they advertise they get a thirty point inspection, they right. sure shit better do it because they can only do that once or twice until somebody gets hurt. But and they sues also the sign. But also, some of the cars you buy are like as is, as is. Well, as understood. Is, understood. As is. Right. Understood. And you have to sign in ten places that the guy said it was as is. Do you know what also you're going to sign? A mediation contract, right? And well, arbitration. Only, an arbitration contract. Yeah, you can't, you can't bring a, you can't sue them. You have to go to an arbitrator. Mm. But the, those are so completely avoidable. I mean, if mm. you're paying attention, they got mm. this. You got to go to arbitration. No, I'm playing not signing that. Exactly. And so the guy's hot to sell the car. So all right, well, fuck it. Okay, you don't yep. sign that. Yep. They go to the next thing. I couldn't believe when we bought my wife's Hyundai. You know, a used 2016, a used but new. Hyundai with 5,000 miles on it from a car, a massive car dealership. And we went through there, and I was shocked to buy a used vehicle, how much CYA there was in the process. And there were at least 15 things they wanted me to sign, and I flat out said, fuck, we're not signing that. Are you kidding me? That's mental. We're going to sign the purchase order. We're going to sign the temp tag sheet. And we're going to sign the application for title because those are the three things I need to sign. Strangely enough, I run a dealership, and at my dealership, those are the three things you sign because we've decided to cut all that shit out of there. However, we are also not a $16 million dealership. We're not turning 900 vehicles a year. It is a different thing. And in the automotive industry, there is that sort of somebody has done a cost analysis to say, it is profitable enough to do this that if we have to pay a lawyer this many times, we can do it. But it's more profitable for us to display an inventory we may not have control over. And also, for every 15 nibbles on the hook we get, we may only get one fish. Yeah. So the 15 nibbles, well, is it worth buying the boat and buying the gear, and buying the bait, and buying the gear to be a fisherman for 15 nibbles? Or do you wait until you have a nibble or somebody on the hook to buy all that gear? And I think that's the way the car dealership, the car industry has turned into now. Let's get a buyer first, and then we'll get that car. And then we'll bring it into our dealership. And then we'll have Slappy do the 15-point the inspection on it. And then if we happen to realize that we got fucked... Well, then we make an assessment of, can we fix it? Does this guy, is this guy a fucking yokel? Can we take his money, send him out there in something we know is going to get fucked up? I have a problem. No, 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 you absolutely can't I think we should be totally, Do you know why you can? There's too much car well, talk. Well, yeah. if, if, if you already it, know it that, that the brakes are slapping, if it's slapping one through it, and you let it go out the door, yep. the liability on that is just going to kill yep. you. And... Yeah, and but you know what they say? Wait, 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 hold, hold, hold on. Yeah, hold on. I, I want to hear your, your yeah. answer to that. Hundreds of dealers across America sold Volkswagens 
with the gasoline, with the turbo gasoline 2.0 liter motor that they knew had camming, timing cam chain problems, that they knew it was only a matter of time until that system failed. And they took money for those cars. And how do I know that? Because we nearly bought one. And we had nearly bought a low mileage Volkswagen CC. And fortunately on Facebook, I was like, here, my wife and I are at this dealership. We're gonna buy this car. It's a great price. It's low miles and everything else. And our friend Aaron Dolezal, yeah. who works for Porsche, Audi, Volkswagen. No, 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 don't do it. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. he was like, fuck, don't do that. Those cars have a known fucking problem that it is a 60 to 80% chance that car's going to fuck you. And the reason it only has 20,000 miles on it for an uh, 8 or 10-year-old car is because it fucked it's, somebody else. It's, yeah, and it's been sitting at the dealership for 6 or 7 years while it was getting repaired, 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 and they probably bought that car at auction, which is what car dealers do, in a known running condition. But in all likelihood, that car is going to fuck you. And that dealer, this isn't his first Volkswagen CC. It's not his first fuel-injected 2.0-liter motor. He knows that this car is going to be a problem. And manufacturers, Ford continued making AO, A4 OD transmissions, for years after they established the fact that they all failed at 30,000 miles. They also sent bad castings through the yes. thing and said repair it at the dealership. Right. Yeah, just let it run out. And it'll be somebody else's problem. But the idea being that it also might get crashed. It also might go into the hands of a yokel who's going to move out of town and it's never going to be our problem ever again. There's got to be a percentages rule that says when we sell this thing that we know has a problem, that X percent of the time it bites us in the ass. And the other X percent of the time, it doesn't bite us in the ass. So what's the cost and loss ratio of that? I'm so happy I didn't buy that Volkswagen that, that once I spent hours looking into the problem and realizing, holy shit, there's two types of people well, in the world. That could have broke you because you were walking, coming out of a Fiat yes, fiasco. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And then walking yeah. into a Volkswagen fiasco. I could have gone from one shitty deal into another shitty deal. You may not have been able to yeah. handle that. Exactly. And I'm very happy I got a heads up. Now, once I looked into the situation and talked to other Volkswagen mechanics and watched a bunch of YouTube videos from Volkswagen mechanics, I learned there's two types of people in the world who have that particular motor. The people who've gotten fucked in the deal, and the people who haven't talked about getting fucked in the deal yet. Just like... Is it repairable? It is, but it's extremely it's expensive. expensive. Yeah. I walked away from Subarus because I learned that they had a problem with their cylinder lightings mm -hmm. breaking down and, and causing massive oil consumption and eventually needing a complete overall. Yeah. The brand new ones had massive oil right. consumption. Right, so that's what I'm saying. That's, oh, I mean, this, these yeah. were like two-year-old... You got a good one, you're lucky. So you can't have an assumption of quality based on the statement of... Well, this dealership doesn't want to spend its life in court, so it's going to be careful about the shit it sells. Because I am, I'm terrified of spending my life in court based on the shit I sell. You know why? Because I don't have a bevy of attorneys on standby, I'm retainer. My small-ass dealership can't afford to be in court. Right. But what, so what they're going to do is exactly what Steve said. Yeah. They're just going to put as is. Right. And okay. in Ohio, at least... Anything that's used is as is, where is, unless otherwise explicitly specified. otherwise specified. And there's a sheet we put on every window of every used car that specifically says... Check, they checked all these things off. You can't 
I'm not even allowed to tell you that this thing has a warranty or is good or is great unless you pay for a warranty. We have a separate contract about that warranty. They have a special warranty. person to work you over yeah. on the service contract and everything. Of course, yeah, they're horrible. I mean, you're going to meet with that guy, and that's going to be a special moment. That's Paul of all those things we call F&I. And I just be yeah. like, fuck you. Well, of course. Like, well, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Let's save some time. I, I'm just telling you. I just know what you're going to cut. Well, really? You, well, what if something happens to the car? Exactly. I know you're a good mechanic, and you're good with You're going to fix it. I'm like, yes, I'm going to fix it. Right. You're sure? I mean, what if the transmission? No, I'll fix it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Don't worry about me. I'm good. I'm not paying you 20 uh, Like the one, I think on the Kia, it would have been like $3,500. Oh, yeah. I'm like, $3,500 buys me a lot of transmission or engine or whatever mm -hmm. I need. You know, like yeah. Extended service contracts, extended warranties, things like that. I have seen people, when my mom bought her first Hyundai, when she got her Hyundai, her first Elantra, she paid an extra quantity of money, I can't remember what it was, to get a, like, a ridiculous, like, a 10-year a or 12-year extended plan past whatever the fuck the original ridiculous 10-year plan was that, Hon that Hyundai had. And as luck would have it, my mom lost a transmission at, like, 68,000 miles, 70,000 miles. And she was like... She trotted in with her extended warranty contract that she paid 700 bucks for. And she was like, here it is. Fix it. And then fix all the other shit, too. And they did. And they had to. Now, I also, my mom also bought, my mom also bought an extended service contract on her last car, which she's never going to put enough miles on it to ever use the goddamn thing. So it was a pure profit center for the dealer. So... Sometimes you eat the bear, sometimes the bear eats you. Depends on how you're going to use it. Would I, if I bought a brand new Moto Guzzi, would I spend an extra $800 to pick up, to change my two-year warranty into a four-year warranty? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't spend an extra $800 to do that. Why? It is my experience that that motorcycle is not going to experience a catastrophic failure within the first five years. Yeah, fuck warranties. I don't want. I just want it to be a good car. Right. I don't, yeah. don't want to need a warranty. Right. And now, if that was a Ducati, would I spend an extra eight hundred dollars? Yeah. Yep. Probably. Yeah. I probably would. If it was a Honda Goldwing, would I spend an extra eight hundred dollars? Yes, I probably would, because if I'm investing twenty-one thousand dollars in a motorcycle, an extra eight hundred to keep me not worrying about a well, you know, rear swing arm failure or something that's not a recall. You know, the good news is with Hondas and BMWs, it tends to be the real expensive shit gets covered under a recall. I, but, I, I bought one yeah, for my wife's, my wife's Subaru. Right. But yeah. they started out at like $3,500. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're down to $3,000. Yeah. Then they're yeah. down to you know, $2,500. Right. Then they're down to 2000 So then the guy's like, I'm like, I don't really want it. And he's like, he said, well, I'll. By rock bottom price, is like 1500 bucks. And what if I can trade you that for the floor mats? And <laughs> so I got it because, yeah. first of all, there's the, there's the oil consumption sure. issue. And it's not going to show up at 50,000 miles. No, when the it's going to show up at 90,000 yeah. miles. So, yeah, so that was seven years, 100,000 miles, which I thought if I, it's like life insurance yep. to me. If I croaked, my wife would have to worry about a car for whatever. I have a very so, good friend who works I mean, for an automotive manufacturer, and he says our goal is to get these vehicles to last beyond the manufacturer's warranty. The manufacturer's warranty, Jeez. though. Exactly. He's like, it's our job to make sure that the vast majority of these vehicles 
run for three years or 36,000 miles before they experience a problem that we may end up paying for. That's our job. Right, and then we get that's paid when we fix it. That, that is our quality yeah, standard. Our quality standard is three years, 36,000 miles. And when uh, that is an industry standard where we should all be, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I fully expect my car to last 200,000 miles. You know, I, I'm funny that way. You, know, <laughs> you are funny. I expect my car to last, you know, <laughs> 10 years and 200,000 miles. But I'm spoiled. I expect my bikes to last that long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so I guess that was just a, a, a very weird podcast. <laughs> but now that's what happens when we don't have Dustin here to keep us on target. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what time is it? Is it we must... <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. You didn't have Dustin here to yell us. Um, anybody got anything else? Okay, uh, get to our website and uh, clevelandmoto at gmail.com. Send us 20 bucks and you can win a goddamn Moto Guzzi Scrambler, a V7 Scrambler. What about the ride, uh, the, the ride that Renee was talking about? The, the... the Zero Nerd thing? Yeah. Oh, no, that's just going to be Thursday night here at the shop. Uh, the guy, uh, Chuck Schramm's going to come in from Zero. He's going to hold a tutorial, and we're going to drop this podcast quick. The, uh, he's going to hold a tutorial here at the shop on Thursday night. Pizza and beer provided by Zero, not a bad deal. And he's going to take us through all the things that are different about the Zero for 2018 over the 2017 models. He's going to talk about the improvements that have made to the bike. Um, we've got a number of people signed up to come in. You don't have to sign up. Just show up Thursday night. Is it going to be Angelo's Pizza? I don't know whose pizza it's going to be. We can make it Angelo's <laughs> Pizza. Dude, whoever, you know what? If you're going to show up at the thing, tell me whose pizza to buy, and we'll make Chuck pay for it. There you go. Right? Angelo's. Right. Swing for the cheap seats, right? Yeah. Uh, get Angelo's in here. But if you're going to show up and be here, I think that if you are if you're at all interested in zero motorcycles, this is going to be a real good opportunity to get good right. advice about them Let's go. and good data about All the specs and everything. Yep. Yeah. I'm, you know, and I'm a dealer, and I don't even know all the crazy shit that they did for 2018 yet. It's going to take me a while to get used to these things. <laughs> so, yeah, fuck it. Uh, anybody else? Fuck it. Ride fast and take chances. It's me pushing the button today. I'm pushing the goddamn button. Stop.